this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smartphones. Smartphones, stupid people. Smartphones, stupid people. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smartphones. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. Hi, uh, my name is Madeleine Sieger, and I just look for the camera. <laughs> so many Camera's over there now. Screens today is like, I don't know where to look out this way. I, I am, know. Right. We, as you guys who are in the video world can see, that we have a new setup. We're trying yeah. to make things a little bit more comfortable. Like we're a bit further apart and it's a bit weird because I have to like look in this direction when I'm talking. So we, we still have a couple we'll uh, plugs and things to, you know, exactly figure out. But, uh, you know, it's comfy. And I think that's what counts is we're trying to make it a little bit more comfortable and to relax because always sitting in the chairs over there and yeah. these nice sofas right behind us. It's crazy. What are we doing? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so today is a very, um, it's going to be a very fascinating um, talk because we're really tackling something, I think, that is uh, in, in some ways a bit taboo, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not so much taboo in a, in a thou shall not talk about it way, but more in a, in a way that a lot of people say a lot of stuff about what mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. And there are so many opinions out there, Yeah. <laughs> right? And this yeah. is kind of what makes it taboo is that today it's so people are so shameful when it comes to opinions. Mm, because it's a very essential topic, right, for absolutely. all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're a world-class biologist. And As you always keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> and you also are uh, one of the leaders at a foundation over here that yep. focuses on this topic that we are going to talk about today. So today we are talking about the food chain. Hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and we're not just gonna stop there. We're gonna go into a couple other directions, because I think that obviously with this show, Smart Home Stupid People, there, there, there's a bit of sarcasm in the name, but at the same time, mm-hmm. something that I haven't said over the last uh, couple episodes, and something that we've been forgetting to constantly <laughs> bring back into the main focus of the show, and that is, could it be mm-hmm. that the more accommodating our environment becomes? the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's the main focus of this show. And everything that we do revolves around that. And there is nothing right now, I think, that is more prevalent in in this light than the food chain itself, Mm -hmm. right? Understanding how we fit into the food chain, what we are and how we belong on this planet and that we are a part of nature and the food chain. Yeah, absolutely. So... Would you like to kick it off with a couple uh, little things? I got to fix that. Look at that. That, that thing, our, our, our uh, gray card <laughs> fell over and it's like a complete yeah, eyesore can... now. After after all this nice work, it just... <laughs> <laughs> you can you can fix the, the background and I can start a little bit with from a biological point of view. The food chain is something that you learn first <laughs> when you're really 
you know learn about biology ecology because that's the main that's the main part of of an ecosystem how species are linked to each other through a food chain how plants are get eaten by other animals how animals are eaten uh, are eaten by other animals like all these different these different symbiotic levels relationships yeah symbiotic relationships as well but it's a huge it's a huge area but to just have a little bit of order in it basically we have to distinguish between the plants and the animals because the plants and all life forms that are able to produce their own energies <laughs> they as i said are so called primary primary producers <laughs> to translate that from german into english so they are the primary producers because they as plants as trees they take you know um co2 and water and sunlight and produces they produce oxygen from it and as well as sugar glucose so this is the main thing what is it all about it's about energy it's about the the carbohydrates the proteins and the fats and so plants are able to produce their own food and so that's a big advantage <laughs> obviously because animals are not able to do the same so we have to rely on other food sources such as plants and so then you have the the second level right so maybe you have a herbivore like a a cow or rabbit. uh, rabbits yeah. yes so they have to eat a <laughs> always, lot of always plants. going back to the rabbits always going back to the rabbits so they have to eat tons and tons of the green stuff and i just talked to to someone yesterday who's really into horse riding and said you know it's amazing that animal has so much power and and energy just from eating grass all day <laughs> and this is really what it's about that's why you always have a loss of of um, that energy from one level to the next. So plants produce a lot of, you know, it, it takes the plant to produce all this these nutritions. And then you have the cow eating a lot, a lot of uh, plant material. And then from there, you, you have um, humans, for example, or other animals that eating the cow. And so there is a loss of energy in between because it's 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 kind of going through different levels to different sources and as i said humans we are also of course part of the food chain and we are lucky enough to be more or less on the top of it <laughs> because there are no real predators for us anymore Any, they used anymore. to be anymore i said that especially in well, germany i'm, I'm, I'm re-emphasizing that yes and the reason why is because it was not twelve thousand years ago the last ice age yeah that killed off what 90 percent of animals grow uh, bigger than a dog there used to be lots of stuff that yeah, yeah. would love to eat us. <laughs> and we got, we got, we got, we were fortunate. We were lucky enough yeah. to be able to survive the ice age the way we did. Yeah. Um, we hit a tight bottleneck in certain parts of the world. Yeah. But, you know, uh, since the ice age, we've been able to escape the forest and not have mm -hmm. to worry about things like saber-toothed tigers and mastodons around the corner. Which makes life's life a lot easier. <laughs> it absolutely does. I mean, it, once in a while you go shit swing and then the shark or the, you know, you, you walk down the forest and you get the wild cat. Or if, if yeah. you're in Africa, it's a different story. You know? Well, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, here in Germany, there's nothing we have to worry about, <laughs> even about poison, poison stuff, right? So no, um, no... 
yeah, spiders or anything. Like they're not eating Snakes. us. But well, they we could, have a few things actually. They could just, you know, like be crazy for us. But yeah, in Canada, it's different, right? Uh, there is the possibility to get attacked by a bear. I don't know mm-hmm. if they also will really eat you the whole the whole thing. Oh, they they can. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, but this is exactly you know we're part of the food chain, but um, as all the other animals, we ha- have to rely on other food sources. We mm-hmm. can't produce our own energy. We obviously no plants. That's why there's where the, the conflict starts. You know, we have to create suffering in order to to survive on our own, which means like we have to eat plants or animals or both, whatever kind of you know mm-hmm. food uh, food style you're following. And and that topic, I would say, this is one of the biggest topics where people are just going crazy about and yeah. discuss it over and over I, and over I again. Come, I want to come back to that topic. You know, yeah. the idea of of how the diet fits into our into the ecosystem, into the food chain nowadays. Yeah, it's like a religion almost. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I think this is why I want to come back to it because yeah. uh, it's going to be not a small thing, mm-hmm. right? But no. before before we dig into it, I have a couple questions for you. All right. And that is um, when we look at an ecosystem. Yes. Right? Um, how, what, what's, what's going on today in the sense of um, what, what's really changing Mm-hmm. In the in the world of ecosystems on this planet, and um, because it seems to be a really big thing, it's prevalent everywhere. You know, everything has to go green, as we talked about mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. In your industry, in my industry, mm-hmm. greenwashing is just over the top. Yeah, to the point where it's 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 nonsensical, mm-hmm. and it, it's like um, the whole concept is like just not based on anything that's solid. Yeah. Um, so how, what do you have to say about that? Like our, in, in the sense, like we, we fit into nature. We are a part of nature, Yeah, right? Absolutely. Nature is a synonym for reality mm-hmm. and even addressing it as something mm-hmm. other than reality kind of creates, uh, a disconnect to mm-hmm. it. And the more disconnected we become, the more we objectify the yeah. world around our human civilization. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think that's that we have to accept in the first place that we are a part of nature. You know, we have desires, like we have an urge to eat, and we are from by nature omnivores. Just look at our teeth. You know, these are made for both, like for meat and plant materials, and we are able to digest a range of foods. You know, depending also where from which world part of the world you come from, some more and some less, (laughs) like uh, milk products, anything like that. But in general, we are able to, yeah, to digest a lot of different uh, foods, which is a typical sign for a so-called generalist species. Mm -hmm. So species that is able to, yeah, eat a lot of different food as well. And that makes it, um, and that enables that species to to um, be present in different areas in the Mm -hmm. world. So actually really covering different ecosystems as well. And so from what I understood... (laughs) To to re-clarify, I'm I'm, I'm talking about politics and corporatocracy. And when we look at our planet from space, uh, and I'm going to be bringing up some some interesting pictures and slides to show you guys today. Um, The the picture that we see of, mm-hmm. of the way that humans are being excluded from most of the natural world on this planet mm-hmm. 
and shoved into small areas where we're told here you're allowed to live mm. and this is what you can and what you cannot do. Yeah. Um, we were out in the forest today right before coming uh, into studio today uh, or into our living room. And um, they, <laughs> you know, they, they chop down thousands of trees mm -hmm. again. And, you know, but they do it in such a way where they pick and choose so it doesn't look like they're clear cutting anymore. Um, but the reality is, is that if we wanted to buy a piece of land and start chopping down trees and building our own house with them trees, mm. we wouldn't be allowed to, not, not in this country. Not in Germany. No, that's true. And yeah. this is my point is, I mean, there's who owns what and, 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 and how it's like this yeah. to me, it's, it, that, that's, that's a huge controversy of its own. It's like when you ask someone who owns the trees, they'll say, well, the country does. Well, who owns the country? Right. And this, mm. this is like, it's like nobody really understands uh, anymore. Mm. I don't understand. This is why I say nobody. Cause I, maybe there are a couple <laughs> people out there, but I sure as hell don't understand this. Yeah. Um, who owns what and how and why, and, and, and who gives who permission to do what, where, and when mm. is, is specifically in Germany, a very complicated thing since specifically the merger with the European union. Um, it's one yeah. of these things where you have a lot of double think in the sense that you have a, a lot of laws that are directly contradictory towards these types of things. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about where to live, how to live, what zones, what you could do in what and where, um, you know, camping, being able to be forced into a contract, these kind of things. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very, very crazy what's been going on over the last couple of years. It's like we as a civilization, we're being forced into a funnel, right? Um, and, and I see where we are a lot of people are under the impression that our population is exploding. But when you look at the census data of where we live, our population has actually decreased since the Soviet Union time, mm. right? And and um, and it's one of these things. So people have this impression because there are no more, there are not no more, but there have been so many people drained from the countryside and the countryside has been completely morphed into agriculture. Mm -hmm. And- yep. All the people who have now been drained from the countryside are trying to live in affordable housing close to the big city. And what do they do with their time? They have to... Um uh, commute. Ger German words, exactly. They have to commute <laughs> to and from the city yeah. constantly. So you're under this impression that there's this huge rat race because you're always having to, you know, go around people to get where you gotta go, where you gotta go. And we see this this commuting. Um, um, population that has changed dramatically, mm. but the population of the state hasn't, and that's yeah. and and that's really fascinating to me, right? Uh, is that it's almost like we've seen in Germany and in Brandenburg, specifically where we are. Brandenburg is a special place, you know. Being <laughs> yeah, I, I like it here. Uh, being sheltered from the world uh, under the guise of the Soviet Union for so long, um, they 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 were really late when it comes to the race of, of capitalism and corporatocracy, mm -hmm. right? And so and you could see it when you fly from the west coast of France all the way to Poland or Czechoslovakia, you can see when you hit East Germany because it's so much more densely forested mm. because the Soviet Union didn't um, encourage, you know, corporate gain uh, and and capitalist gain on exploiting the forest back in the day. Yeah, I'm not putting that out there and saying that socialist is socialism is a good thing or not. It's not the point of what I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm I'm trying to say that the people here had the ability to look at the rest of the world and say what has they what have they done wrong and what have they done right mm -hmm. and to be able to build a society that has learned from that. But in the last Oh, I would say definitely decade, but you know, over the last seven years, it's been on steroids over here that the, the the way that the society is moving is now 
in lockstep, you know, in tandem to all the bad ideas that I see all over the place, all over the planet and in other countries. So that's, so now we're going back to you. I just thought, like you asked me a question, but I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. The, the question really, I, I just wanted to go on a little bit of uh, I want to paint a picture, Yeah, you know, for the, for, for the audience yeah, and obviously, yeah. um, you know, for you in this scenario. And as you guys know, um, when we go live, we go live. We, we don't do a lot of preparation today. I actually <laughs> had a bit of forethought because there are a couple of things I definitely want to talk about today. And this being one of them Yeah, is that as we people are being pushed out of nature and mm -hmm. reality and being pushed into these lives mm. that are not synonymous to nature and reality. And yeah. um, as, as, as you mentioned in your book, and, in, and as we often talk about with the title of the show, could it be that um, the more accommodating our environment becomes, the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. We are now in a society and a civilization that's completely new. Yeah. And it's transforming and morphing constantly and very rapidly. We as bio, as biology don't have time to really adapt to our surroundings anymore mm. and to be comfortable in life and to build a comfortable life, yeah. right? And, and, and you've studied that with some of your um, study subjects, you know, with the rabbits as an example, yeah. and you've seen what happened. So, I mean, it's a big topic. But what do you what do you have to say? What would you say that now when we're talking about corporatocracy and huge agriculture, um, us, the soul of the people and the soul of the the plants and the animals mm -hmm. and everything out the there, land. the land, mm, yeah. you know, how 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 would you put this into your picture? Or how would you paint a picture with this as a, as a topic? Yeah. Well, oh, wow, that's a big question. It is a, it is a big <laughs> question, but we have time. That's what this yeah. show is for. So it was actually something I talked to about um one of the people on my last, when I was in a workshop building my drum, because there were also people there who are very much um, involved into nature. You know, they're out in nature, they're living close to nature, with nature, gardening and having animals and all that. And one of them also working in the NGO area. And he said exactly the same thing that I said, that where I, I, I had the impression is that with all these protective areas that they're de declaring now from the government, you know, this is like, Naturschutzgebiet means like protect, protective, protective area. How do you say that? <laughs> um, it means um, nature protection area. Yeah, exactly. So these kind of things where yeah. you're not allowed to go in, you're not allowed to camp, you're not allowed to, yeah, even touch a plant. I guess <laughs> not allowed to leave the the trails. With some, are you really you're not allowed in there? Mm -hmm. And. I had the impression that is really keeping people out of nature, especially the nature that is still intact, just to, I don't know, maybe to really avoid that there's that experience of real nature. On the other hand, I do understand that they won't have people, you know, running around like crazy, the tourists or whatever, just trampling over the plants and, 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 and yeah. leaving their garbage all over the place. But this is like the paradox. I think how, how should people learn and reconnect to nature if they're not allowed to go into nature anymore? And so he had the same, he had the same idea about this. He had the same impression that we are kept out of this experience on purpose somehow. And who was this? That was uh, actually the person I built the drum with. He was leading the whole group, mm -hmm. also having a very profound knowledge about, you know, um, environment and, and nature in Germany, because mm -hmm. he and especially also in the shamanic practices. And he no he knew about the importance of getting in touch and contact with the spirit of the land, with the spirit of the animals and plants, to reconnect with with nature and. Also, I talked about this to one of my spiritual teachers as well, 
who said that all these all these decisions that are made today in natural protection even in my ngo area i can see that too is 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 like made out of opinion from humans it's a lot of logical decisions and there's no aspect in it how animals and plants and the land itself would like to have it well yeah you have to have a profound or at least like a basic understanding of that there is such a thing as a spirit of the land <laughs> to have that you know to to have the idea that you could actually ask the area you could ask the plants and the animals in a shamanic journey or just like you know connecting with them what they need and it's mostly i would say it's mostly not what we humans think they need to re re with restoration um, techniques or something like that so sometimes are really see that that on one hand humans want to change something and we want to rebuild nature but on the other hand it's a lot about what we think it's right and it's mostly not the right well, thing to and, do you know this this is a it kind of leads me into an idea that i'm gonna kind of put forward today very lightly because it's a, it's an idea that i'm still working on i'm trying to formulate it properly and that is that um when we as a collective of people when a collective of people come together for a common goal mm -hmm. in order to achieve something. Mm -hmm. This kind of goes into a weird esoteric and spiritual um, <clears throat> realm, so it might not be for everybody out there. But um, if you are a person that can acknowledge that everything has a life force, that everything mm -hmm. has an energy, mm -hmm. whether it be a tree or a rock, right? I think that ideas and concepts yeah. also generate Absolutely. life energy mm -hmm. and in that respect um become an entity yeah of themselves in and of themselves like if you're a bible scholar um or if you study the bible i had to study the bible a lot when i was younger um you learn that uh, before we had physical bodies uh, before mm. the, the the real world had physical bodies uh we lived in an etheric plane yeah. right Actually, um, just to interrupt yeah, <laughs> very briefly, something I heard today was um, someone also said it's, it's about the intention, right? It's not what we're doing. That doesn't really count so much, but it's always the intention behind your Absolutely. your um, your handlung, uh, <laughs> what, what you do, right? Yeah. And so I think it's the same with if you have people coming together with a certain intention, maybe even pre preceding ritual or something like that, or you as a, as, a, as a single person, you put energy into that idea, into that thing that you want it to become, to achieve. And with that, you create an own entity. And I think it's kind of easy accessible if you really think of about it as energy. Everything, you know, you as yourself, your your energy and with your thoughts, you're already creating something that can become real. Yeah. And it really that's why I think it's important to, <laughs> you know, ask your your intentions. What are your intentions? You want to hurt someone? You want to, you know, um, maybe gain um, some privileges about but you have to push others down or something like that. So really, what what is the intention behind the stuff that yeah, you do? Yeah, I, I, I like. In my life, I felt it many times mm -hmm. that when you put something out there, yeah, it 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 manifests absolutely, yeah, right. And yeah, it's yeah. an interesting idea that I've also heard that we as humans um, are are kind of special on this planet for that yeah. reason is that we have a very strong ability to manifest, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. we're not just talking about manifesting 
ideas and goals and and this kind of stuff and, mm. and physical changes into the atmosphere around mm -hmm. us. I mean, um, we can manifest life. Yeah. Right? We could influence the way that life itself moves. And, mm. uh, the, and, and just within our interactions and so on and so forth, the way that we collectively focus on something. Um, it's it's an interesting thing I've I've heard a few times is that the universe respects. Now I don't I'm not one of these people that come from that tribe that the universe itself is uh, a something with opinions, but it seems that the universe is respecting um, people who come together with a common goal and try to manifest that into reality. Mm. And the reason I say that is because I myself has have experienced in my life many different types of synchronicities that are just unreal mm. right when when and and the only way i can explain how these synchronicities come to fruition specifically in the way that they have in my life in another episode i'd love to go into that in more details um is that the energy that i put out and and the energy that was out there i was able to tap into and mm -hmm. feel mm -hmm. and intuitively we yeah. made a we did a show recently about intuition so really developing the intuitive muscle allowed me to discover synchronicities yeah right absolutely. and and so i mentioned this because when you start to feel these things you cannot unfeel them yeah and i think it has a lot to do with you aligning yourself you know to i would say the energy of the universe which is like a very high intensive <laughs> energy and well, if you are you know if you love life and um you know i think then it's easier for you to to come to that point where you are yeah, aligned where you really feel like you're part of the whole thing and yeah, it's amazing. So now we're going to shift into a different direction because now we're going to talk about what has been manifested mm -hmm. in our reality. What what are some of the larger forces now? Yeah. Uh, what are they doing and what kind of an effect do they really have in the bigger picture? You know, what we're talking about now, we're talking about the world of, of synchronicities and we're talking about the world mm. of, of intuition. What happens? Mm-hmm. When most of the population is completely disconnected, mm. that we accept that we're no longer a part of, of the natural world, we build a, a world parallel to it that, it, it's, it, that we can never adapt to, mm -hmm. right? Um, what is this monster that is being built? And I say monster in the sense that there is a physical entity, physical, sorry, like a, like a there is an entity that, that, that can be sensed and can be felt. Mm -hmm. Whether it be physical or not, I, I can definitely say from the way that I look at it, you know, and the way that I felt it in my life, that when when so much negativity and so much destruction and so much disconnect occurs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's something you feel. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's something that, the, the, like, I, I, have you guys out there, have, have, have you ever gone to a village? And, and as soon as you get there, you're like, this place feels wrong. Yeah, yeah. This place feels bad bad uh, or a building or I just or, remember the hospital experience we had last time right <laughs> and and then you find out after you've left that atrocities have occurred there mm -hmm. others people like some of us are more sensitive than others you mm -hmm. know i know some people who are very emf sensitive i've become actually very emf sensitive i i i feel it when i go into certain buildings where it's like i'm in a cage and the cage is being flooded with energy and and it's overwhelming right mm -hmm. and and the only thing i can you know do is to try and regulate my breath and 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 focus uh, in order to get out of there and stay healthy you know it first starts for me always with with acknowledgement of yeah. what i'm undertaking and, and experiencing and that acknowledgement is it it, it builds for me a a, a, a fine tuning 
mm-hmm. uh, to be able to feel this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I'd like to bring up a couple things now, and um, it's going to be a little bit out of left field, but I, again, you know, everybody out there, I think the big thing that we're trying to really promote more than anything, we are a part of reality. We are a part of nature. We are not separate from it. Mm-hmm. And that that base question that we keep saying, and I'm going to say it a third time today. <laughs> really? Right? Just, uh... How about you say it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, could it be that the more accommodating our environment is, that the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves? And how 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 has that? Um, how have you seen that well, in, in the world of biology? It's giving up. Well, first of all, I would, the, my first answer was just giving up the responsibility about your own life and the things that you use every day where you forget where they come from and you just trust other third parties to provide everything for you and really just, you know, just give up control mm-hmm. in many ways and think that everything will be all right if you just, you know, trust government or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I, well, the, the, the rabbit's definitely trusted and, and, and they're no longer there in, in yeah. Frankfurt, you know, the, yeah. your, your favorite study group. And I find it to be utterly fascinating uh, to take them as kind of like a, mm. uh, as an example species and culture because mm-hmm. they live, rabbits live parallel to humans. It's actually very fascinating yeah. to see how how they've developed and, and where they, they, they do well and where they don't do well. It's it's very mm. much one-to-one with people. Yeah. It, it's, it's really crazy. And um, and so you, you see like in Frankfurt, the mm-hmm. way that they, they lost their flight initiation. Mm-hmm instinct mm-hmm. just by moving into the city because they were so overwhelmed with all the noise of the people and everything you could pretty much walk right up to them and just snatch them from the ground <laughs> we <laughs> tried it, it was not working <laughs> <laughs> well you got pretty close how, we, how we close got, could you get to them in the city yeah, in contrast just, to the country so in the country it was like up to 50 meters so wow. really you know you've seen them like for you, jumping for away you from uh, really americans over there a meter is pretty much a yard oh okay yeah. so like 50 yards and in the city center you could just like maybe a meter or two and before they started fleeing from you so yeah. you could just like walk up to them and almost pet them <laughs> that's a huge difference yeah it's a huge that's difference more than tenfold and you it's have huge. to imagine that the rabbit is it's a prey species per se so the only thing they do is like fleeing right this is an essential behavior or for freezing them. <laughs> or freezing <laughs> well, <it's> like, <laughs> i'm an invisible white bush <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen anyone freeze um yeah, so a flight behavior is for them essential to survive. I mean, just losing that ability or not ability, but that instinct, instinct, yeah. right? I mean, there must come a lot together for them to really give that up. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a book I read a long time ago, um, The Time Machine uh, by um, H.D. Wells, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that's the thing they say is the guy, he traveled like thousands, hundreds of thousands of years into the future. And um, what's left over of humans are like these these people who are just like living off of fruit trees and like, you know, lollygagging all day. And, <laughs> and then when the Morlocks come from underneath to eat them, they're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they just get dragged off and all the, uh, and, and all the, the, the other people, they just look at the Morlocks come up and drag their friend off. And they're like, ah, la, 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 la. they just keep going on with their, <laughs> but it's the same thing with the rabbits, you know, like yeah. I've, I've seen videos of the Fox chasing a rabbit and all the rabbit, the other friends of the rabbit are just looking, I'm going, yeah, I think I'm good. I think he's the meal today. We're good. Let's go, <laughs> let's continue playing. Let's continue, you know, our thing. All right. All right. So what mm-hmm. I'd like to do, um, before I do that, 
<laughs> I, I do want to announce that there are a few changes in the way that we do our program now. I am. As you guys know, we are on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and in audio format on Podbean. Podbean also aggregates the show afterwards to all major platforms. So if you want to hear this show in audio format, we are... Now we're everywhere. Apple, My iTunes, goodness, Spotify, all that crap. We're there now. <laughs> um, Twitch and DLive. We now have new channels mm. specifically for Twitch and DLive. And it's a bit shameful, but uh, we had to change the show name. Not the show, at least. We had to change the handle name um, specifically in Twitch because Twitch wouldn't allow the words stupid and people to be put beside one another. <laughs> In the fear that it may offend someone. <laughs> and the way that I see it is maybe not the f most favorite way that other people see it. If you are offended by the word stupid people, then you're stupid. And therefore, <laughs> your opinion doesn't matter. And, 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 and so why, why, why I can't use the title smart home stupid people because someone might be offended by that is beyond me. If any of you out there have been on Twitch, and if you haven't been on Twitch, go to Twitch and just navigate it. And just look at the type of content, you will soon realize that Twitch is one of the stupidest platforms when it comes to <laughs> content. Like, ear licking is a thing on Twitch. You can watch hours of, like, some bitch in a bikini licking an ear microphone, and that's it. That's the show. And she gets, like, hundreds of dollars every time, and there are lots of people tuning in you and chatting. You are just jealous. Oh, perhaps. Maybe that's really all I wanted in my life is to have a proper ear licking conversation with someone. So, lo and behold... For all of you guys out there that want to watch us on Twitch and DLive, which are great platforms for integration. I think that Twitch integrates really well into the large TV. If, you are, if you're watching this on a television set at home, you can obviously also do it via Rumble. Twitch, I find to be a little bit more stable. DLive, I don't have a lot of experience with, but DLive, we couldn't use more than 20 characters. And unfortunately, the show name was too long. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to come up with another name, then it's just going to be the same thing. So... Short said, smart homes, slow people. <laughs> is now... Is, slow in the, in the head. <laughs> yeah, right. I, it's now the official name, or at least official handle. Like, it's it's the, the, the channel's name. Um, but when you go into the channels, you see smart homes, stupid people, just like you do here. And uh, it's the same us with uh, with a new color. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll I'll be able to fix this someday in the future and it'll change. But uh, if you want to find us, then yeah. So here, take a look at this. There are many stupid people. See, mm. right? I'm, 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 I'm alone. Which is, you know, it's like I'm always trying to ease things out. I guess I, I don't think it's a problem. Well, <laughs> you honestly, know, somewhere. And also, what, what does that mean? Stupid, as you always say, there are different forms of intelligence. You know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I will be the first to say, if you're stupid, there's nothing wrong with it because <laughs> you you're probably just good at something else right? well that's what i want to say i mean i'm stupid i'm stupid with technical stuff i am really stupid with that <laughs> and, and you can agree on that because i always drive him nuts um, and i'm stupid at bureaucratic crap yeah like for example. really stupid so like, like I, when i get letters i don't stupidities. like i just throw them away that's not stupid that's just ignorant uh, well, yeah i don't know anyways don't, uh, i'm just saying you know like uh, just to clarify that <laughs> exactly all right so <laughs> rockfin rumble twitch d live telegram um the telegram app is a fantastic way to communicate with us during the live show hello everybody hello tony hello amar hello ashley hello hello jonas <laughs> hello everybody in the smart home stupid chat in order to find the smart home stupid chat go to the telegram app and check out the smart home stupid people channel 
Obviously, the Smart Home Smooth People channel is unidirectional. So therefore, if you'd like to have bi-directional conversations, the Smart Home Stupid chat is linked to the Smart Home Stupid People channel. My goodness. There you go. I spit that all out. <laughs> um, there we go. I don't even know yeah. where, like, I'm, I'm, like, with all these lights in the studio room, this is one thing I do like the podcast format a little bit better just because I'm not flooded with these lights. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, we did a it's, few shows without them. Yeah, it was pixelated and a bit darker, but by all means, it was so much nicer mm, for the concentration. Yeah, not so pleasant for the eye. Yeah. All right, guys. So, um... Here we are. This is what our Telegram group looks like on uh, on on PC. You can actually find the app for your PC or for your Mac or whatever the fuck you have. You can put the Telegram app on there, and so it's not exclusive to your phone. And I have it on my computer over here, where I can now navigate the stuff and call in. It's a new thing. It's, it's a thing that we're now doing. Anybody out there who wants to call in can just write a little message and uh, in Telegram and say, I'd like to call in. And then I will click on you, and I will call you, bring you into the show, and you can have a conversation with us in our nice and cozy environment <laughs> over here. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we're not going to take callers quite yet, but we will take callers today. And um, I just kind of want to paint a, a bigger landscape right now for what it is that we are trying to um, talk about today. Mm -hmm. And then I'd love to hear from you guys. So let's do that. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is a documentary <laughs> that I had seen years ago. And um, at the time I was living in Toronto and it was a Canadian documentary. So I don't think the rest of the world really knows about it that much. Mm -hmm. And it's a documentary that's called The Corporation. That's all it is, just The Corporation. And um, it's also called The Corporation is a Sociopath or something like that. <laughs> and the, the, the preface is really fascinating. It's the idea that corporations, uh, okay, corporations are legal citizens, right? And because they are legal citizens, um, we want to ask ourselves, because of their prevalent role in society, mm -hmm. what type of citizens are they? Mm -hmm. And so the, 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 the documentary did something very clever, and it found um, a classic, I would say, definition or... Um, like a checklist mm -hmm. of what it means to be a psychopath. <laughs> and then it analyzed the corporation. Yeah. And lo and behold, cool. every single check mark on that list. Oh. And this is this goes back to what I was talking about before that when we collectively, specifically in the corporate world, where the money is the bottom line, they are by law bound to the bottom line with their shareholders. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if environmentalism and legal proceedings need to be circumvented, mm -hmm. it's actually a business decision mm -hmm. more than anything, right? The risk assessment yep. and the fine associated to it. And what I'd like to show you guys right now is a little snippet of this um, documentary to show what they did really well. All the fines that were not all, but the, some of the largest fines and how and why that were associated to large corporations only in the 90s. This, this documentary from 2005, and you watch it today and it'll still blow your mind because of how relevant it is today. And I think that if this movie would, would like, it, it was already two and a half hours back in 2005, mm -hmm. to try and put that movie into today's context, it's, it's, it's information overload, mm. right? So here we go. 
let me get this uh, queued up. There we go. And we're going to go back into this view. I'm going to push play. It's only a few seconds. And I'm, uh, the reason why I want to do this is also because today we have this idea that big companies have changed, mm. that they have feelings, mm -hmm. that they have opinions. They don't. And as I was mentioning before, is I find that when we collectively manifest something, what ends up being manifested is this dark intention that a lot of people bring to the boardroom table or bring to the front. Mm. You know, like let's say you take 10 people who are generally decent people. What tends to be extracted from them in the corporate world is the stuff that they themselves would like are trying to almost even avoid in their life. You know, mm -hmm. it's really called the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the business world, you, you're focusing on, on production. Mm. That's it. Production and that at, at all cost. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you're, you're not focused on humanity. You're not focused on spirituality. You're not focused on anything connected to reality. Mm. And so what you end up inevitably creating, even though you don't want to, is this, this demonic entity mm. that ends up just being this huge destructive tidal wave. And through through propaganda and commercialism, we're now all meant to believe that they that they have hearts and they have souls. Corporations have no souls to sell and they have no bodies to incarcerate. I think it's a very important thing to remember that. Hmm. So I'm going to push play and uh, take it from there. Looting the rivers, but how often do you find out about that? At Multinational Monitor, we put together a list of the top corporate criminals of the 1990s. We went back and looked at all of the criminal fines that corporations had paid in the decade. Exxon pled guilty in connection to federal criminal charges with the Valdez spill and paid $125 million in criminal fines. General Electric was guilty of defrauding the federal government and paid $9.5 million in criminal fines. Chevron was guilty of environmental violations and paid $6.5 million in fines. She was guilty mm. of antitrust violations and paid $1.8 million IBM was guilty of illegal exports and paid $8.5 million was guilty criminal of environmental violations. Pfizer, the drug manufacturer was guilty of antitrust violations and was paid $20 million of food and drug regulatory violations. Sears was guilty of financial fraud. Blue Shield of Illinois. Unical was guilty of fraud. Environmental violations. Georgia Korean Airlines. Guilty of an antitrust it froze a little, <laughs> but we're done. Antitrust violation, yeah. paid $500 million in criminal fines. There you go. Failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors. Um, this is, again, you know, it's, 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 it's such a big topic, and I don't want to diverge too much from what, what, what we're looking at today, but when you see these huge companies and you've seen... What they've done, like like today, you know, when we think about IBM and we think of uh, most of these corporations, I've never even heard about, and I don't know what they do. Mm. And yet when you look into them, you find out they're billion dollar industries and they're huge players. Yep. And yet they're paying out these huge fines for these illegal actions and nobody goes to jail. It's just a... Well, for them, it's just peanuts, right? At the end, um, I guess. 
right? They're like, okay, we, we, we pay that fine and then we keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so to talk about what we were kind of hinting at before is, okay, peep now in order to protect the environment, we have to keep humans out of the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to our, our shared screen here and I want to bring up a couple things. This is really a, an interesting thing. Now, I've, I've looked up a, a couple charts, so uh, this is kind of like a good middle ground for what I've seen. And this is a list of the top agricultural companies by revenue in the world. And it, what's really fascinating about this chart, none of these companies are actually agricultural companies. They are what are called agrichemical companies. Mm. You know, for the most part, they produce chemicals uh, and or machines for large yep. industry. Okay. And so I'm going to get myself out of the way for a second. So right at the top there, you have Cargill. Cargill. Uh, following by ADM, Bayer, John Deere, CH, CNH Industries. Um, I don't know if you say that. Sigenta. Uh, Sigenta. Um, yeah, Sigenta, mm -hmm. yeah. DuPont, Nutrien, Yara International, and BASF. Now, to give you guys an idea who are in the audio world, Cargill is uh what at one point uh what is that 1.16 1.15 billion us dollar revenue per year Oop. industry like company mm -hmm. one company and a, a big thing to understand is like you guys have seen on our um uh, our, our main picture that we have today i'll bring that up in a second is is we only have a couple companies now leading the entire agricultural industry mm -hmm. they've there have been so many mergers over the last couple mm -hmm. of years that what used to be the big 10 are now like the big four right yep monsanto and Bayer. they became they came together and um it's one company uh dupont and dao have come together and they're now a new company right and when you think about uh, the, these these companies to me you know when i think of a company like monsanto the first thing that comes to my mind is ancient orange Roundup Ready or the bovine growth hormone that mm -hmm. uh, that was just wreaking havoc in 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 I know I know of it, of it from the U.S. industry. It was banned in Canada. It was banned in all um, Commonwealth lands. It was banned all throughout Europe. Mm -hmm. And it produces a product that we don't need, which is more milk. Mm -hmm. You know, farmers are being paid to not produce milk, and they come along and say, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna um, <laughs> we're gonna make it so that you have less cows and more milk." So it's uh, so it's more income friendly, mm. right? And then they have uh, the bovine growth hormone. Um, like the the one I'm specifically talking about for the milk was called Pozolac. The one the 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 bovine growth hormone to make the animals grow three times faster. I can't remember what that stuff's called exactly. Mm -hmm. um, As you always say, don't fuck with nature, or you're fucked. <laughs> right? <laughs> just just say it it's like that. Simple. There's nothing else to add, right? I mean. We have the same now with our uh, NGO where we really go into the new kind of genetic modifications that are coming at, at us in Europe. And it's about, you know, the CRISPR-Cas and all these ideas. And Explain CRISPR in a simple way. Um, it's it's an it's an, uh, um, possibility to insert information into the, the DNA <clears throat> from bacteria, for example, as a vector. And then you can put in... Yeah, new new abilities into a plant or a, an animal as well, and it's easier. It's like like it's like I like a, the way you say that new abilities into a plant. Or yeah, an it's like awful. a like a scissor. You know, you use it as a scissor to cut in specific parts of the DNA to insert 
a certain certain genes. And stuff. the crazy thing about CRISPR technology um, is it's considered to be, though it is genetic manipulation, it's yeah. considered to be an acceptable form of genetic yeah. manipulation yeah. In, in the agricultural industry. So even though Europe has banned GMOs, slowly but surely, CRISPR technologies are being allowed over the border. It's a huge discussion right now. I can just see that from uh, well, my colleague who's into it. You know, you have even on the on the side of the people who want to protect nature and all that say, well, mm-hmm. it's actually a huge, huge possibility to, yeah, don't use pesticides anymore because you kind of really have a local gene into the plants for that. But it's just, yeah, I, I, I have a very clear opinion about that. Again, don't fuck with nature or you're fucked. <laughs> don't play God in these regards. And I think mm. really, you know, start inserting genes into a plant or animal that will never, that would never be there without, you know, human interactions. I just think it's not a good idea. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me because I, I heard um, from somebody, his name is Neil Kramer years ago. I, was, I loved listening to him. If you guys don't know who he is, go check him out. Um, he said, what he liked to describe was, you have the um you have he, he he so he labeled this awful force that is constantly trying to change our society empire mm-hmm. because he's talking about you know obviously empirical idealisms mm-hmm. right you have empirical cultures such as disney and coca-cola they're not real cultures these are fabrications they're mm-hmm. empirical cultures that are there for a, a reason like they have a goal that has nothing to do with the human soul mm-hmm. and then he ca- then he says there are human cultures and human cultures, um, they grow with time. They grow mm-hmm. with the land. Mm-hmm. They 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 grow and flourish, and and they have yeah. thousands of, of of years of trial and error to fit into their environment. Yeah. And then the empirical culture is fast and cold and destructive, and does everything it can to dismantle human culture mm-hmm. and to replace it, mm-hmm. and to make us believe that it's a a, a a viable alternative. Yeah, and also believing that nature itself is not able to evolve, and you know, kind of like just thinking that you know it better that's what i always found like we why why would you think that why would you think yeah. that we know it better than all these animals and plants and bacteria and fungi that are living way longer than we do <laughs> you know it's just like that that yeah. weird weird how you say that ignorance and also überheblichkeit i don't know <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, I can't remember the word right now, but uh, essentially... Arrogance. Arrogance. There yeah, it's an arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to show you guys the picture of what I was talking... Of, of today's episode, right? This is it. And this is just a, a funky thing that I put together real quick. But, you know, when we're talking about empire, mm-hmm. co- the corporation is the modern day empire, right? Mm-hmm. Um and 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 when you look at companies like it's funny when I'm even looking at this we're seeing at the top um, I don't even know that Obase or whatever that uh, oh yeah BASF oh, BASF yeah, it's yeah, a, of course I, I don't know if it's German but it's I think it's actually German BASF it's a very known yeah their slogan we create chemistry com- company. and 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 they're one of the largest food uh, agrichemical companies on the planet mm-hmm. now you have Bayer which is also Monsanto now you have uh, Corteva which is Dow and DuPont chemical mm-hmm. right uh, and then you have Syngenta uh, the one that you were talking about Syngenta yeah Sigenta. I just know that they produce also a lot of pesticides absolutely exactly yeah. um, and so a big thing that I wanted to now show you guys is going back to that that comment that you had made earlier about the forms of of um, let's call it natural nature protection 
Mm-hmm. It's specifically, you know, let's build a fence. We're going to uh, mm-hmm. let everything sit and, and, and not let humans in to ruin mm-hmm. it because humans ruin shit when they get into it, right? Mm-hmm. I want to show you guys a couple pictures now because this, what I'm going to show you, it's, it's, uh, there are a couple little funny things about what I'm about to show you. So let me just dive right in. Look at that. This is a picture. Let me just bring my microphone down. Describe for the people just listening. <laughs> so yeah, sorry for you look. guys listening. We have some pretty good um, slides today, uh, and if you want to check them out, go to as I mentioned previously, Rockfin Rumble, um, Twitch, or DLive, mm-hmm. or even the Telegram app. You can. Uh, oh shit! I didn't turn on the live streaming in the Telegram app. My oh, goodness, man! Well, you know, I, I honestly I think most of the people in the Telegram app are watching it right now on <laughs> one of the other sources and just chatting in the Telegram app. But I'm going to turn it on anyway. Why not? Right. It's one of those things that you always have to do extra. It's not something that I can easily just um, automate like you all the other channels. Make a, make a checklist for all your different channels. I know, I know. Yeah, you're good at that. See, this is why. Yeah. this is why we're a part. That's why we're a team and we're partners. So I make the list then, right? <laughs> you're gonna make the list. <laughs> okay. You're gonna observe and make the list. All right. And, and force it down my throat. There we go. So um, we are also now live in video form in Telegram. <clears throat> After an hour. After an hour, exactly. Today's gonna be a bit later of a show. It's Sunday. We always start uh, 6 p.m. our time Sunday. Mm. So I believe that's around noon right now, uh, Eastern Standard. So what you guys are looking at is a picture from an airplane. And this is in India. This is just rice, sugar, wheat, corn, and soy. Now, soy is becoming a really, really big deal. Like uh, when we're talking about genetic modification and, tr- and CRISPR technologies, um, back in the mid '90s, only two percent of the of of the soy products in the U.S. were genetically modified. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, the seeds coming from Monsanto because a big thing they like to do in the US is the Roundup Ready stuff from Monsanto, Mm -hmm. right? And what Roundup Ready is for you guys who have never even heard of this, because what I'm about to explain to you specifically for you guys in North America is what you eat every day, right? And it's very important to understand this, um, that or to even acknowledge, I think understanding it is a bit, it's, it's, I think Mm -hmm. it's too much. I think acknowledging it is definitely at least the first step to understanding appreciation when mm-hmm. you're eating something to understand, you know, once you've acknowledged something, you you, you can start to appreciate things differently. Mm. And, and that's for me anyway. But um, like when I eat, I like to appreciate my foods um, and understand where they come from and all that kind of stuff. It's not for everybody, but uh, I do that. And um, so Roundup Ready, what has happened is Monsanto had created a form of pesticide and the story is awful. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. One, it, so there was, beside the Monsanto factory, um, and these are the guys who created or, or Agent Orange and all that stuff. They had, um, I'm going to put myself, there we go. Um, there there was a, a like a little puddle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had all these pesticides everywhere and all the runoff from the pesticides, you know, when it rains, goes and lands in the, in the puddle, right? And And so what happened was, is that one of the scientists who was going into the building looked at the puddle and saw there was a type of fungus growing in it. <laughs> I kid you not. And the first thing that happens in his mind is, there shouldn't be anything growing there. Is there <laughs> do you have any idea how many pesticides we use here? There shouldn't be anything growing. Mm-hmm. This is amazing, what he thought. Mm-hmm. And so what he thought is, there has to be a gene in there that is immune to all the pesticides we're using mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. They extracted that gene. Mm-hmm. And then what they did is they inserted it into all of their crops. So in the U.S. now, over 90% of the soy crop 
is made with Roundup Ready, meaning the soy bean is bought by Monsanto every season because the bean only lasts, well, depending on which ones you get, but they have this, this, this big thing they do now, which are called Terminator seeds, which means that they're only good for one season. Right? Mm. So you have to go every year and you're you're tied into a, a contract with Monsanto to get your seeds every year, mm-hmm. right? And you plant them and at the end of the, the these these plants are sterile. They mm-hmm. produce no offspring. Mm. Right. And what the way that they do that is they take the regular seed, they inject this um the originally what came from a fungi mm-hmm. into it, and then they create the counterpart. Mm-hmm. They create the pesticide that mm-hmm. kills everything but, but that, that plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is supposed to be productive. This is supposed to be now. The <laughs> Sounds re- a little crazy to me, but it is really crazy. Now know. the the sick thing about um, what this picture shows is look at the website. Look at that title. I got to move out of the way. Like this is the part where it's it's like you look at something like that and uh, and, and and it says how satellite imagery. Sorry, the satellite image not from an airplane. How satellite imagery is helping. Precision agriculture grow to new heights. Mm. This is a picture that's supposed to be positive. Positive, yeah. Positive. And it gets way, way worse. Look at this. All of these pictures, these are pictures from space. And you start to see stuff like this. And every single one of these things you click on yeah. are telling you the, the the benefits of technology and and how it is now helping us with agriculture and this is the direction of the future this is the direction that we're going in there's actually something interesting i mean just from looking at it it, it does not feel right right just from from our human perspective as a i would say healthy human <laughs> if you look at these pictures you you think like this is not right something's wrong here right and i think um that has something to do with a word that i recently heard um was first used by erich fromm who is a German psychologist who was a German psychologist and psychotherapist. Mm. He's he said I think we talked about this last time the bio biophilia 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 right. So that there is an inert. Well, I think you and I talked about it. I don't know if yeah. we talked about it on air. No, I think don't think so. But there is an inert motivation in all of us to to sustain life and to help it helps it growing. And there is an inert love to everything that is alive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I was wondering if this, that's so, I, I don't, you know, looking at that doesn't glow any love in me. I'm just like, I, you know, there's something really, really wrong here. That's what, what I feel. And I think this is just, um, yeah. You, if, you, if you see you, these little bushes between? Mm-hmm. That's where the rabbits live now. Yeah. And you know this. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. something that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah is that the only place left over for the rabbits in the countryside yeah. are on these tiny little strips between the fields. Well, and the rabbits are still kind of, you know, lucky because they're a little bigger and they are able to run really fast. But yeah. all the birds, yeah, you know, like... Uh, Where do they go? Partridge and these kind of things who are really so sensitive against disturb, disturb, um, disturbish, disturbing yeah. uh, incidences, they, they have no chance in these areas it's nothing you know nothing there for them and even with the rabbits i mean yeah maybe they find one or two bushes but also Mm. the food it's always the same it's the monoculture you know they there's not so much energy in it and over winter time pretty harsh for them this picture is on ecobusiness.com yeah this is greenwashing this yeah. is you can always see it from different aspects, right? Some people might think that this is the new future. I would say it's just worse, getting worse with that stuff. And we really have to 
get back to, as you said in the beginning, to that connection that we have with reality and nature mm -hmm. and that we used to have. I wrote that in my book as well, that, you know, back then when we hadn't had so much technology, we were in our little houses at home, having our gardens, having, having our animals, living with and from nature in a very close relationship that we had to knew about the seasons and, you know, how long it will take to a plan to grow and all these things just in a very natural way yeah yeah uh, well when i look at this i'm thinking to myself how many families could be living there off the land and where are they now that's mm -hmm. the that's the first thing that comes to my mind when i see this stuff right let me show you a couple other pictures here um this is from uh, the guardian okay mm -hmm. these pictures are from the international space station by mm -hmm. uh, credited by nasa <laughs> and uh, look at this. What are they growing here? These are, again, sunflower, wheat, potatoes, coffee, rice, soybean, and corn. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like, this to me now goes back to that 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 interesting, something that we could get into soon, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a longer show today. I can feel it. <laughs> All right. I know. We should have got some little uh, sweeties for us mm -hmm. to eat and uh, keep our brains active. I had a lot of ice cream recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now you're feeling it. I can feel it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> When I when I see this kind of stuff, I don't like the like I'm gonna get a bit into the technology of this in, this, mm -hmm. in a minute, right? But when I see this, and and we go into that idea of diet now, mm -hmm. and we start talking about again ecosystems and um, the food chain and and how diet is mm -hmm. an important part of all the different animals and all the life mm -hmm. in the food chain. Mm -hmm. And then we come up with this kind of shit, mm. and we look at that. And the, the the horrible nature of this now is I, in in Germany and uh, all over Europe and all over the world, you're starting to see all of these heavy, heavy, heavy um, fines being put onto um, bovine and pigs and all that stuff. So now there's this big pressure to switch more into the the vegetarian diet world. Mm -hmm. and, and as we previously mentioned, we're omnivores. If you don't want to eat meat because it's a lifestyle choice and that's your choice, that's that you know mm -hmm. that's 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 an individual thing because yeah, you don't want absolutely. to uh, be a part of that kind of suffering, right? Or you're really disgusted by the industry. Industry. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm really disgusted by this type of industry. So when I go out and I want to buy wheat, potatoes, coffee, rice, soybean, and corn, this is what I have in my mind, and I don't want to support it. Mm. Right. Um, so Maddie and I, we've recently, um, over the last couple of years, have made a big transition from the supermarket, which we barely frequent. Um, and we found a couple farms, and we get like ninety-five percent of everything we have from a couple farms. Mm -hmm. and that's the first step for us. The step from that is to go from the farm to our yard. Yeah. Right. So now we're 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 we're, we're I'm starting to. Learn about permaculture. I'm, I'm uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm learning about gardening and all that stuff, and I want to try and bring that to our home as much as possible. Yeah. We don't have a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. But this is where technology can be used in a positive way, and I mean yeah. technology in the form of knowledge. There's so much knowledge now to be able to garden uh, in, in a very fruitful way that actually benefits the environment. And one mm -hmm. of the companies that I'm paying attention to right now said that that um, this, the lady herself, I can't remember her name. She was a part of uh, a couple of nature protection programs, and it always failed because it was just bureaucratic nonsense. Mm. And it was the same thing. She said the idea was we make everything nice, we we put up a fence, and no one goes in. But the problem is, is that nobody has an interest in that land anymore to in maintaining it. Yeah, and the land to begin with wasn't really um, healthy 
meaning that it's not like there's a, a good dynamic um, yeah. uh, exchange with this ecosystem to a neighboring ecosystem yeah. for the animals, the birds, the, yeah, yeah. the filtration of the water and all that stuff. And so for this reason to just kind of like put up a fence around an area that's surrounded by human influence and say, yeah, you're going to be natural, go. Mm. be natural mm -hmm. it's not realistic mm -hmm. and she said it only worked when they start letting people in and to uh, and to partake yeah in the natural environment picking the berries um, which, eating them peeing on the trees you know <laughs> which shows you that we are an essential part of it right absolutely so, yeah absolutely yeah ecosystem engineers and unfortunately this is the kind of shit yeah. that we as a species engineer and mm -hmm. my big question is where are all the people that could have been living there Mm. Where are they now? They're in city centers. Yep. They're in a one-bedroom apartment being told that they can't go out there and they can't build a house out there, mm. right? Let's let's go on. Let's just look at a couple of these, right? Like these things are unreal. And, and it's funny because I've flown over Greenland, over Iceland, uh, northern Canada. And when you do that there, you see none of this. The entire northern mm. world is just beautiful forestry as far as the eye can see so you get this one impression that the entire world is fucked because it all looks like this and yeah. in 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 europe yeah a big part of europe is fucked mm. you know in, in north america yeah a big part of it's fucked mm. but there's still a huge part yeah. of the planet that's not fucked and we belong there you know and it, and, and we're a part of it yeah you know? yeah it's true Absolutely. so let's keep going look at these things Maybe also just going back to what you said, you know, with the diet. I mean, I myself, I was a vegetarian for over 10 years. Yeah. And because I just, you know, as you said, I wanted to eat meat. I wanted to participate in that whole industry. Mm. But I also at one point had to realize myself that my health was not the best because I, I had no real idea how to nourish myself well with only, you know, carbs and <laughs> like without any meat. Mm. And then I eventually started eating meat again and I felt actually really how how good that was for my body. So I think it's important for us to really acknowledge that you have to listen to your body it's it's there's one thing what's going on you know in, in your like in your <laughs> thoughts about um what you eat and what you shouldn't eat from a was that moral point of view but the other thing is really to listen to your body and i i got cravings actually really to eat meat like I couldn't pass like a donut, not a donut, but like a hot, hot. Without your mouth watering and dripping <laughs> yeah, all over it. <laughs> and I was running and I was wrong with me. You know, I really don't want to eat that stuff, but my body was really asking for it. So I eventually mm. I gave in, but also still, you know, as you said, we buy our stuff from farms to really see where that meat comes from or like wild um, game meat also where mm -hmm. you know that these animals kind of animals live the, a, a natural, natural life, yeah. a natural life. And yeah, I, I think it's really easy to just say, you know, I, I only eat this or that. But at the end, you have to listen to your body. And I went through a big transformation from that last two years with kind of, you know, going all in. As I said, I was really just listening to my body. What does it need? And still to that day, I have a very mixed diet, always feeling that my body will tell me what, what I need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you start listening to that and don't don't feel bad about these urges and needs. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big point that because you are an animal, you yep. are, you have these needs. It's it's a funny thing, you know, uh, for like, I've never dieted in my life and I'm, you know, uh, I'm, almo <laughs> I'm almost 40. I can still uh, do a backflip and, 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 and uh, you know, like I, I, I think I still have a very healthy body and I have 
my whole life I've always eaten what I wanted. The mm -hmm. difference is, is that I never wanted Mars bars. I never wanted Snickers or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I always wanted like real food. Yeah. You know, like meats yeah. and vegetables and and vegetables that I know. Uh, my friend Pavel um, back in the day told me that he read in um, a bunch of old Russian books that because uh, he got into this huge trip of uh, this rediscovering uh, Russian traditional mm -hmm. gardening and stuff like mm. that. And he cool. said that what they believe is um, the food that you are actively in contact with mm -hmm. or walking by every day, mm -hmm. that food is made for you. He said there's yeah. an energy exchange between the, the vegetables and the foods in your immediate surrounding yeah. and that they hold the most nutrients for you to yeah. eat it. I totally and agree. And the, the philosophy behind it, it's not just us, it's also the other animals in mm -hmm. that area. Mm -hmm. Those fruits want to be eaten by all the animals in the area mm -hmm. in order for it to procreate mm -hmm. and, and or or you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, offspring the next generation in that area. Also, you know that that tradition in very indigenous tribes like the um, uh, was that Inuit, yeah, the Inuit up in north where they you know kind of in, go to the the shamanic practitioner or the shaman in the mm -hmm. in the village and say you know today we want to go hunt please can you call that animal that just volunteer volunteers actually for us and and will show up on the on the ocean because it wants to it wants to be you know it wants to not be eaten but it's it's volunteering mm -hmm. To nourish us, yep. and um, so I, I don't know whom I'm talking to about this, but they said it was always like that. When they went out, there was always one specific animal showing, and the Inuit knew that this is the one chosen. You know that they can actually hunt this one because maybe it was part of that ecosystem, not not needed anymore, an older one, or I don't know. But it always had that connection between the the people and their land and what they took from it was exactly what was meant for them so mm -hmm. yeah and of course having these rituals where they thank the animal using all parts of it yeah. right well that goes back to what i was saying before is acknowledging yeah right is the first it, it's to me such an important part mm -hmm. of of nourishment mm -hmm. i think that acknowledging your food um actually helps you know, absorb and consume your food. If your yeah. body sees it as something toxic, it's not going to want to deal with it in the Absolutely. same sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. It's right? true. So, um, as I mentioned before, we are going to be taking callers and Ooh. we're going to take our first caller in a couple minutes. Oh, really? Someone is... Someone wants to call in. We're going to we're gonna try this out. So we're going to see Amazing. how our technology holds up today. I also <laughs> wanted to say that... So if you break down, you know, guys, we'll just like <laughs> having some technical yeah, well, issues. We'll see. I think it's pretty solid today. Yeah. Uh, this person said, um, Amar Karim, um, Karim, we have both intestines for a reason. Um, you talked about this before on how yeah. cows and... Um, Herbivores, they have huge appendix and cecum mm -hmm. areas in their mm -hmm. gut, in mm -hmm. their intestines, mm -hmm. for um, being able to extract as many nutrients out of the, the vegetables as yeah. they can. Well, they have bacteria in it, so to really ferment the whole stuff so that exactly. they get actually something out of it. And, and we ha we still have the cecum and the appendix. It's mm -hmm. not as large as it would mm -hmm. be in a herbivore. Mm -hmm. But for us as omnivores, we have the ability to still do that. That, mm -hmm. that you know we can take good biotics and if, if we have good mm -hmm. gut biome that we can eat a lot of different vegetables and yep. and fermented vegetables and fruits and so on and so forth and eat them but at the same time we have the gut 
in order to digest meats. We have the gut to be able to digest yogurts <laughs> and <Literally>. dairy. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Also something that I heard a lot before I went all in and all in actually really means you eat everything you want, how much you want, whenever, whenever you want. Without restriction. Without yeah. restriction. So that was one. And was for me a healing from an eating disorder. So, but what I had before, I had a lot of stomach um, problems with my digestion, always bloated, you know, always the mm. bad stuff going on. Yeah. And it was meant, it was always hungry. Know, I was always hungry because yeah. I was not eating enough. You were never satiated. The, the yeah. And, but I also heard that from other people who had the same issues. You know, they had like celiac something. And I said, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Once I went all in. and a celiac. Yeah. A celiac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once they went all in and really just, just fed their body and gave them nutrition and just gave, gave them as much as was needed, mm -hmm. these issues went away eventually. You know, the body right. just needed to recover and there was no there was never an issue with with mm -hmm. allergic reactions to any foods it's it's a really fascinating thing and i i know this from from my life you know when i moved to germany uh i got allergies i never really had bad allergies you know once in a while i'd have the off you know ragweed and stuff like that like um pollen in the springtime sneezing <laughs> um but when i moved here it was really intense mm. and then i learned about um histamines Mm -hmm. And boy, 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 was I surprised. I just <laughs> recently uh, read a little bit more on histamine, and it turns out the German diet is like the traditional German diet. When you drink a lot of beer, right? You, in, in, in the South, they say uh, um, Bier um vier, right? So they have their, their, beer, their beer at four o'clock. And that's like, you know, after work, you drink your liter, right? And, and um, it's interesting because the amount of histamine that you take in through something like beer mm. um the more you take in the histamine, your body has to break it down, mm -hmm. right? It has to break it down in, mm -hmm. in, in the gut. And it's some people who we call uh, histamine intolerant mm -hmm. don't have the enzymes in their body mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. And when you eat traditional German food, you have the Leberwurst, which is, uh, um, uh, I don't know, it, 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 in English now it's like... Liver sausage? Liver, well, sausage I think, I think they actually say liver. liverwurst or whatever. Liverwurst? <laughs> I, I think they say liverwurst in, oh in English. God. I know it's awful, but that's how oh. they say it. Um uh, the, and and um, like uh, cheeses, like blue cheeses and stuff like that. The end that what you are gaining by eating this mm -hmm. stuff is exactly and fermented foods such as uh, sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. uh, what you are gaining is the ability to break mm -hmm. down histamine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the more you can break down histamine and take in large amounts of histamine allergies will not bug you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. I started mm -hmm. drinking every day. At least uh, a, a little bit of whiskey every day. Whiskey was the first thing. Like I think beer was too much for me. I think that all the wheat and all that stuff is just it. It didn't sit well with me. Mm. Um, but um, whiskey, I started drinking whiskey every day. Uh, just a couple like uh, centiliters, you know, like uh, two shots a day. And holy fuck, within a few weeks, my <laughs> I'd say like the no, most noticeable difference was a month in mm. that my body was actually being able to deal with it. And, you know, then eating all the sausages and the Leberwurst and all that stuff, <laughs> it all came together. And, yeah. and, and was now also at the time I have where no we, allergies anymore. Where we got the cat because you had, you had a cat allergy. I was then? concerned when we got a cat about uh, the I allergies. I was concerned too because I thought, you know, cats are an essential life of my uh, part of my life. And then I meet someone who's allergic. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh oh. Yeah, well, allergies. <laughs> Isn't the <laughs> right word. It's more like I just. I, it's it's an intolerance. I like I, I get really stuffy specifically yeah. if I can smell their their toilet. Yeah. And um. So this is a big thing. As I said, if we get a cat, then 
it's got to it's got to be an outdoor cat so it knows to go outside. And since our cats are now both trained to go out uh, in the forest somewhere and, and do their business in our garden, <laughs> they, they, they 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 don't bug me at all. Yeah. So that's good. Let's go to our first caller. Yeah. Let's try this Perfect. out. All righty. Who is it? Uh, this is going to be. We'll we'll let her introduce herself. Ah, okay. Good. And tell us what name she would like to use. So. Oh, I need my, my ear. You need your earbud. I exactly. Need my earbud. I mean, it's going to be a bit difficult here. without being able to hear the person. No, that's true. <laughs> so. Ah, it's pretty loud. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. So you are on live with Smart Home Stupid People. <laughs> hello, hello would you, everyone. Would you, would you like your name to be shown? Because I can push a button and it'll be shown. Uh, it could be a felminator. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because uh, we're, we're we are talking on Telegram. So it'll if I should if I bring in that slide, it'll say your first and last name. Okay. Uh, yeah, just put Ashley. I guess I can't change it, so I'm just not going to bring it up. Oh. Well, you can talk to us like this. Okay. It's Ashley. <laughs> All right. Hi, Ashley. All right. <laughs> what is your question that you have for us today? Well, the so after listening, so the way I see it, even the the fines to these companies for the most part is just reaching into their pockets because they can, um, because um, they afford it, right? Uh, what did I write here? So be, I wrote the notes because they can. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, just because they can, and I guarantee there are a lot of other morally wrong actions these companies have done, but doesn't get looked at because mm -hmm. the government just needs the revenue. At the end of the day, like fuck morality, sort of thing, and yeah. like you said. Um, less cows, more milk. Um, of course, that benefits the government. It's a vicious, hypo hypo uh, hypocritical cycle. And like Maddie said, uh, don't play God, but the government does. Yeah. And with the satellite images, I wonder if the conversation kind of goes something like this. You'll do no wrong as long as it looks pretty and <laughs> soothes the eyes of the with uh, with those with OCD and and you know maybe they go like you got it, boss. And the future call goes like this: you are fined with fraud and. You know, they ask for money laundering or increasing chemicals that is killing people. And maybe it might go like, oh, for laundering, of course, fuck people's lives. We just mm -hmm. want the cut of profits. <laughs> and so what says you? Am I on the same page or similar or something like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. That's I, what I got. The I mean, as I mentioned before, the bottom line seems to be um, what drives. Here we have one of the cats walking around. What drives decision making, <laughs> right? And obviously, yeah, when their right. bottom line is, if if it's being threatened, then the company will 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 become a much better and more environmentally friendly company. But until then, yeah, they reach into their pockets, right? Yeah. And, and, and exactly. explain again the OCD things. I saw that comment and I didn't quite understand what you yeah, meant by that. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, a lot of these satellite images, it looks very nice and appealing to the eyes, right? And right. that kind of goes along uh, with a lot of the of the reason why they're pumping in all these chemicals because that's what they, how, how it started in the first place to make, for example, tomatoes look prettier and more attractive. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and like all the dyes and everything that they put in all, all the foods and how the foods became to be what they are now. So it's just kind of appealing to the eye mm -hmm. that it looks more uniform or more mm -hmm. perfect than it 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 is or something right yeah that's definitely that's kind of what i see yeah. an aspect to it right so if you just go to yeah. the market or well from here from the local market you can see there the apples are different sizes and they have little you know, brown spots on brown them. spots and all that and and you know they are healthy there's not there was nothing done to them because otherwise they wouldn't look like that <laughs> and if you go exactly, into yeah. supermarket i i've seen that like big times when I was in Japan, the fruits were huge, like unnatural 
huge something yeah. i wouldn't say like this is not healthy this is not natural and also when i ate them and tasted it, it was something different like i don't know what happened to it but and they all looked the same it were all so perfect like as you said it has to do something with the appearance but at the same time this is not natural this is just weird <laughs> yes and it's interesting that you did bring up japan because the company that i work for is it was founded initially um started in japan and now mm. it's in over 30 countries and it's just it's a it, they sell tools and i and i work in the warehouse where i'm picking packings and all that stuff mm -hmm. and now they're what they want to eventually incorporate what japan incorporated all along mm. was putting a machine in the warehouse um, to attract customers, which by the way, is not a North American thing to do. You don't bring customers in the warehouse. It mm. lowers production. It's very distracting. Yeah. Yeah. But what their idea is, is to bring them in and show them this machine that kind of shows how the tools are made, but they will literally be in my way. They're already getting <laughs> in my way nice. and they're going through the aisles and it's not right because there's reason why only warehouse workers work in warehouses. We've got steel toe boots. That so it sounds like a real the, interesting hodgepodge. <laughs> like, what are they up to? Right? <laughs> exactly. But I know so, where your tools come from. Already, <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's like, know where your tools come from. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, yeah, but it's it's just appeasing to the, 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 the customers, but it's just, it's not actually making warehouse run efficiently. Mm. It, it, well, you know, I want to go back to the OCD thing because uh, the mm. uh, like when you're talking about, yeah, the warehouse and people today, they have more and more of an interest into seeing where things come from, how they're made, but there's actually quite a little resource out there. And when you find resource out there that puts it into a negative light, it's just pushed aside as um, not coming from a reputable source and um, put mm -hmm. on, swept under the carpet. I think that in, in North America, we have a different background mm. with, you know, as, as, as we saw earlier in the episode, um, these large corporations that have been fined for antitrust for criminal activities, mm. and they're still around. Right. And, and, and there's no problem yeah. in their yeah. mind to continue doing business. Nobody went to jail. And um, in Europe, that never really happened. I think that the average European person, like you, you walk around the European streets and everyone's still wearing, you know, Nikes and Echo and uh, all of these marks, like huge, like all over them. Right. And I, I could definitely, and we're talking like just everybody, like little children and all this stuff. Reebok is huge. Adidas is still huge. Puma is still huge. And I, I say this because obviously in North America, it's there too. Um, but there's mm -hmm. definitely much more of an awareness um, because of of the the, the corporatocracy that, that that we have experienced right. in the '90s, that never happened here. I think, especially in in East Germany, you know, we've been we we've been for so many years not part of the rest of the world, always looking for that fancy stuff. Right. And then and once we got it, yeah, you know, it's like wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like uh. I heard from many Eastern Europeans that when the borders fell, Coca Cola was equivalent to freedom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they looked at these nice. these huge companies and these big fruits that all looked really tasty. Yeah, and they said, "This is what we have been denied," and they they love it. It's really amazing, actually. When you got closer to Saxony in Germany, yeah, the first thing you start to notice is there's a McDonald's at yeah. every exit. And I have to admit, you know, when I was like when the wall came down, the first thing I said to my dad, "Can we go to McDonald's?" Mm. <laughs> it's like I remember that one. It's just that was it yesterday. Yeah, first time going to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. What I find interesting about some of these really big companies that are so successful, like look at Amazon, for example. 
um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing something right in getting, gaining profits. Yes. But if you look at behind the scenes of what's going on in their warehouses, what's happening is that apparently people are, um, some, even if you drop dead at the warehouse from being overworked, they kind of just sweep you up and throw you out like trash. (laughs) And, you know, like they, they don't treat their people like human beings. They just need the go, go, go. And they need the profits. Right. Um, I'd love to add to that. Uh, this this is uh, something that I've seen over here because obviously in the industry that I work in, uh, I'm going to mute you, Ashley, because uh, you're getting yeah. a little bit of a feedback. Or actually, no, if you don't have oh. another question, I'm going to uh, um, bring you, I'm going to hang yeah. up and uh, you can listen to the answer yeah. offline. How's that sound? All right, will do. And I just want to say one last thing. My friend Amar Karim says he agrees with all the points, especially that big companies have no human compassion. And uh, he wishes that he could uh, do the call as well, but he's off to the market. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you, Karim. Thank you. All right, Ashley. All right. Till next time. All right. Thanks. Bye. Till next time. Bye. So... Um, one big thing I wanted to address about the... Um, that the, was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I had our first caller. So <laughs> thank, you. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for breaking our caller, Terry. Yeah. And um, the first thing I wanted to kind of mention about the Amazon thing in my industry, uh, there's a lot of using Amazon, right? And uh, the reason is because there, there used to be... Um, a fair, I would say, a much fairer market, specifically in the multimedia industry. And anybody mm-hmm. out there who works with multimedia um, over the last fifteen years knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We used to be able to buy a TV from Panasonic directly, and we'd get it from them wholesale, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then we would be able to sell it uh, on the retail market. And we ourselves would make like 20, 30, sometimes up to 50% profit on it. Mm -hmm. So there was a big incentive for a lot of the local business to um, buy directly from the wholesale manufacturers, right? Specifically Samsung, LG, and this kind of stuff in the past. And then Amazon came in and (laughs) they were allowed to sell their products at 3% Mm -hmm. over wholesale. And all of a sudden we had our customers coming to us telling us, hey, we uh we we were able to buy things for cheaper than what you're giving it to us. Yeah. So we're just going to buy it from Amazon and you're going to install it. And that became a big thing as of I think about 2015. Yeah. And in right. in Germany, the postage system here works. <laughs> it's not like in North America. It costs next to nothing and it always comes like one or two days or the same day. It's crazy. It it just works here. It's I don't know how they done it, but it <laughs> like DHL is is Another world. Well, actually, recently, um, just I see that uh, from our company in Berlin. Sometimes it takes up to ten days to deliver post within Berlin. I don't know what's going on there right now, but what? Yeah, we just got a letter from a very important letter from the. Maybe the, you're sending it through UPS. <laughs> oh, I don't know, and it like took ten days. <laughs> Crazy. Well, the, the the big thing I want to t- uh, really address with the whole Amazon thing is that they did a, cu- a couple things in order to grow their business. Mm-hmm. They tried to get as many small businesses as possible onto their platform. So mm-hmm. there was this this phase of everybody a couple years ago um, starting up Amazon online businesses, little shops, you know, they mm-hmm. buy their stuff from a wholesaler and then they would open up an online store on Amazon yeah, and they would yeah. sell it through Amazon. And then people got into the whole Google um, advertisement and, and that was essentially their market. That was the way that they ran their business. They would throw 20 grand into a Google advertisement and promote their Amazon store mm-hmm. and they would get 50,000 return, which or, or whatever the return would be. So long as the return was higher than their investment, they would keep doing it. And 
then what does Amazon do? Amazon went to China and bought factories in order to be comp competitive to the stores on their own platform. Yeah. And a lot mm. of the people on their own platform ended up closing and mm. going out of business because all of a sudden Amazon was their competitor. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Amazon was no longer the platform. They were also the product like the, the, the manufacturer and the 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 storefront mm. and and so now it's like I, I can definitely attest to my my from what i've learned with amazon i've had to deal with them many times um yeah they have a nice return policy you know their whole amazon prime for business i have an amazon prime for business account for my other company it's appealing on that level but it's it's crazy in the sense that i yeah. know i've heard i've spoken to people at amazon who tell me when something breaks and gets sent back and it's not like a really expensive product they either throw it away or just give it to give it away mm. because it's not worth their time to put it back in the system. They mm -hmm. they would rather actually for them it's a cost effective uh, scenario. If you return something that you bought for five bucks yeah, yeah. and say this didn't work and meet my you know whatever it was some bullshit thing that was made and manufactured in Asia throw, uh, sold through the the Amazon storefront delivered to your door in Prime that says money back guaranteed uh, within a couple days or a couple weeks. You send that back. Amazon will often not even take it. They'll just send it directly to a facility for used goods and who knows what they do with it. Mm. So anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it, it, this is, this is like even what Amar was talking about too in, in his comment that he, that he agrees on what we were saying that um, I believe that we collectively as a species can manifest reality. Yeah. I, I, I felt it and I've seen it. And um, <laughs> we as humans, we are amazing creatures for that reason. Also cats. Sorry, I was so a little cast. distracted by her. She was like, so <laughs> "You can jumping, see you look very distracted." Jumping next to you, and she always starts purring because, yeah, she's really in love with Eris. Uh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, I had to say okay. that. <laughs> she's cat crazy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, um, the whole point that I was yep. talking about, uh, the, the big thing I was getting <laughs> is that we are amazing species. So are cats, as you mentioned. Um, yep. We have the ability to manifest realities in, in on a very different, on a, on a very extreme level. Mm -hmm. But I do say i do feel that collectively negative things are manifested mm -hmm. without control and mm -hmm. a lot of people out there still think that we are nothing more than chemistry and i think that if you have that opinion on life and reality that we are nothing more than chemistry yeah. there's nothing special there's nothing going on around here there's nothing else to see yeah, right yeah, yeah. um all we are is the is, is is just chemistry yeah right and when you look at it from a uh, even a shamanistic point of view yeah. or a natural law point of view or, or, or a natural religion point of view of any sort. The first thing you you, you start to to learn is, you know, breath and and mm -hmm. and um, energy of the universe. Mm -hmm. All that stuff doesn't fit into chemistry, mm -hmm. right? Like, 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 yeah, breath and feeding your body and this kind of stuff, but taking in life energy. I, I, I actually have this deep feeling that life energy has nothing to do with the electromagnetic spectrum or mm -hmm. chemistry as mm -hmm. we know it. I think mm -hmm. it's something else and I think it's on a different spectrum that we can't measure. We, yeah. we haven't learned anyway. So oh. <laughs> if we have any other callers that would like to call in, write down now in the Smart Home Stupid chat no, that you would never. like to call in or, <laughs> and I will call you. <laughs> so don't try calling in the show. Uh, I will call you and I'll bring you live on the air. Uh, I'm going to take a look and see. Yeah, there's a big thing I actually wanted to talk about. And uh, oh, look, we have another one. So um, in England, I suffer from allergies. But when I go to Pakistan, I don't suffer because everything in my family uh, village meets 
and fruit and et cetera are grown organically. It's, mm. you know, that's another thing too. I've heard that from a lot of people that their allergies are far more aggressive when mm -hmm. they live close to a large monoculture plantation mm -hmm. yeah, that absolutely. is owned and uh, by Cargill and supplied by Monsanto garbage. Yeah. I'm just going to go make sure that she's not fucking chewing into that <laughs> bucket full of uh, sanitized water for my homemade alcohol over there. <laughs> All righty. Um, one thing I did want to talk about today, and this is more my industry, the Internet of Things. Hmm. How would you guys imagine that the Internet of Things fits into the food chain? Mm -hmm. How would you imagine that? Well, just let me remember where I heard that the last time. <laughs> Wasn't it about when you go when your fridge knows that something is missing and it actually orders it through the internet so that you don't need to care about stuff? There you go. That's yeah. one of the Internet of Things uh, things that happen. That's yeah. that's true. The Internet of Things. I'm going to read a, just a little thing from. Uh, mm. um, Wikipedia as a, as a crappy uh, you know definition, it because it, I think that the Internet of Things is made to be vague, right? And uh, the Internet of Things describes physical objects with sensors, processing ability, software, and other technologies that connect and exchange data with other devices and systems over the internet and or communication mm. networks. Now, I personally, so my milk is going online. Well, the fridge. <laughs> My fridge is, is going, going online. online and the fridge has sensors that sense that the milk goes in a specific spot and it's oh, okay. empty. Now, that's 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 a, a, another example like uh, the, more of the friendly examples mm. is uh your 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 washer dryer has a network connection and you're thinking why the hell does my washer yeah, really? and dryer have a network why connection? Why would that be interesting? <laughs> because you can get a pop-up so. on your phone that says your laundry's done. My goodness. <laughs> and 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 then what the Internet of Things also does, and I know this because my company, uh, other people in my company, but this is not the kind of stuff that I specifically specialize in. Um, they'll make the light in the in the hallway, in the corridor, blink mm -hmm. when the laundry's done. Okay. And so that means that you can now take the signal from the the yeah. the, the, the TCP protocol uh, from the network from the Internet yeah. of Things uh, concept that is now uh, you know built into the laundry. Uh, you know, into the into the washer dryer, yeah. and then we can take that connector via what, most likely something like an Amazon um, um, device and plug it into uh, a networked mm -hmm. KNX device and make a, a light switch blink. Or you can go out and get a crappy thing like Philips Hughes that ties directly into it, and mm -hmm. they have these skills that you can just drag and drop and connect. You know, for me that all sounds like this is nothing that we really need or, you know, that's I, I mean, you can just go there and look at the washer is, is, is ready. But I think maybe the motivation behind is that we as humans are actually able to produce something like that and that's because we like it and that's because we put that into action be just because we can. Could that be? Well, uh, <laughs> Felminator says, I think the Internet of Things is about clickbait and rallies the brand the bandwagon type people, aka stupid followers, I like that, um, to have <laughs> more people really behind the government's goal. Um, uh, the government's goal is what these big companies' goals are without a weird sentence. Uh, I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and that is that, um, look, when you start inviting things into your home, mm -hmm. Right when when we talk, start talking about the corporation again being a sociopath or a psychopath, just keep my eye on her. Uh, is <laughs> is going crazy? Uh, all right, she's okay. Uh, 
why would you invite a, so a psychopath into your home? Yeah. And, and so, and I Question. say this because now you have everything in your home that you're buying today has the ability to listen to you, whether it be uh, your car, whether mm -hmm. it be your laundry or dryer, whether it be your TV, your phone, your tablet, your um, camera, <laughs> right? Your lights, everything. Like everything has the ability to now connect to this internet of things. And the issue is, is that that internet of things is doesn't, it's not for free in the sense that um, you might think it's 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 a really cool idea and all that stuff, but it's feeding big tech with all this data, mm. like crazy amounts of data about the way that we live. They now have the ability to look into our homes and see when the power goes off, when and where. What are we doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then they have the ability to make advertisements that are directly designed for that. And the reason why I say this is because you then need to ask yourself at the end of the day, um, how many of the decisions that I've made today are mine. Mm. How much of my life is, is something that I think that I have autonomy yeah. over? Yeah, yeah. And this is the part is that we're talking about companies that are billion dollar industries. Their goal isn't just to sell us products anymore, right? Their goal is to change our perception on reality mm. so that they that we move into a reality that is easier for them to mm. manage financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and that's the psych that's the sick part right about it is that the, there is no humanity it's not there to help us anymore it's there to manipulate us into a, a new paradigm yeah I, that's how i feel i mean it might be a very negative way of looking at it but it's uh it's, it's how i feel about that yeah right yeah. so that's the internet of things now how does the internet of things um fit into this mm-hmm Right? Do you want to let her out? I'm going to uh, yeah. continue the show. <laughs> Just uh, open the door. I, she's, she's getting a bit wandering here. Um, the Internet of Things, as we mentioned, is um, it's not even a protocol. It's more of just a, a, a concept. I personally, over here in Berlin, there's a place called Ulstein House uh, that used to be a publisher. And they used to make books and, and, and that kind of stuff. And um, Right? The Ulstein House? Yeah. Uh, used to be a publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and recently it has been sold to a bunch of companies who are now involved in Internet of Things technology. And I did all of the building automation. Well, not all, but most of the building automation in in this in all of these buildings, and have worked personally with a lot of these companies who um, produce Internet of Things type technologies. One mm -hmm. of them is specifically the Internet of Things campus, uh, sponsored by you know Enter Corporate Title into here, and uh, other ones are more um, about cars. Right, mm -hmm. the the Internet of Things and smart AI technologies being built into cars, and so I've um, actually sat in on some of the um, seminars that they've held because I was doing also I, I built their um, their stages over there for the 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 the, the video uh, walls and the conferencing and the um, the microphone setups and all that stuff uh, so that they can plug and play their, their, do their uh, slideshows. And so um, sometimes I go there and I do, uh, um, you know, I sit in uh, in case there's an, uh, an issue that comes up mm -hmm. and occurs, I can come up and fix it for them really quickly and so on and so forth. And and um, there was one conference that I sat in on that was um, artificial intelligence in the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my god. It's <laughs> scary. It's so frightening. It really is. And all these people are clapping and they they love it. And that's mm-hmm. the scary thing. It really is, is that when they start talking about this, people uh like people counters, like how to be able to sense where people are, what they're doing, how they're moving in buildings, um, how they're moving into vehicles, to be able to say that um two people have met up at a location and 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 one person gave somebody else a thing, and so now mm-hmm. there's information going from point a to point b to be able to track them wherever it's it's uh you know all this stuff together it's too much right it gets yeah, to the yeah. point where we're now thinking when are we going back to reality right when is that gonna happen i want to yeah, yeah. i'd like to be there when it happens so tell me when it's gonna happen <laughs> um and it's it's something that to me i have not seen the internet of things in a in a pure way in the sense that it like Look, if you want to have your your dishwasher talk to uh, your toaster <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, it can be done in a completely local network. But mm. that's not how a lot of these things are being encouraged. They're being encouraged to go through big servers and um, big industries and to um, essentially go through somebody else's system and mm-hmm. have already always somebody else monitoring your home more mm-hmm. and more and more. Um, where it now is really scary when you start to see the Internet of Things playing a huge role in um, tech, in specifically agri-tech, they're mm-hmm. calling it now, mm-hmm. is agricultural technology. Okay. Is, as I mentioned, um, they're using satellites to be able to monitor the, the ground to see um, what fields are dry, how the water is moving through, mm-hmm. if the pesticides are doing this and doing that. And so then what happens is, is that a lot of the machines that actually plow the fields are completely automated. There are no people there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is, is that using what they call Internet of Things tech, you know, concepts and technologies, the satellite system is broadcasting this information for all the different farmers to be able to collect data from. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the farmers will then log in to their you know local business that uh, takes the information directly from the satellites and they get triggers and they say this is my little hectare of land and so on and so forth this is what i'm farming and they can get triggers from the satellite um when to to water and run pesticides on what crops when and so the internet of things is now generating this yeah yeah so uh the actual machines that are moving up and down the fields plowing the crops and so on and so forth are um in direct communication and being triggered by the satellite technologies themselves and the satellite technology is constantly surveilling all of these different agricultural regions um for a plethora of region Mm -hmm. of reasons you know And, Mm -hmm. and and like i was mentioning before every time i see one of these pictures of of uh huge agricultural real estate i just think to myself where are all the people yeah what yeah, happened because yeah. now now it's like the farmers aren't even there anymore yeah not even the farmers are there it's all machines that are automated being triggered by satellites mm, the only people crazy, yeah. actually working are the programmers writing writing the code for the satellites yeah. and they're typically third-party people they don't actually really work for the company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there we go it's a bit of a scary world i, well, I did say in the beginning that this is going to be of a bit of a darker um nature this episode mm. Um, and I think, you know, now's the time to really talk about why we mentioned this in the beginning. Maddie's getting tired. I can see. Yeah. Um, (laughs) what is our take home message for today? I, 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 mine was really to acknowledge this, Mm -hmm. you know, whether everything we're presenting to you guys is bullshit or not. I think it's important to acknowledge this stuff and what's going on. And one thing I want to say is that we as humans are Mm -hmm. so 
we are such a special species. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 to to blame all of the problems on humans is 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 to me it's it's one of the weirdest suicidal things I've ever heard of. Mm. Right? Whereas when you clearly see these farmlands, there are no humans there mm. anymore. This is all big pharma and big tech and big chemical and big agriculture and yeah, big yeah. business and all of that put together, yeah. right? And and when you read, uh, let me just read to you guys um, the the on Cargill Worldwide. Now, Cargill is the largest, um, at least from a profitable point of view, um, American uh, USD, I guess, point of view, um, agricultural company on the, on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And they get all of their crap from Monsanto, not all of it, but I'm saying they they they're in, they're in bed with. Um, they have they have a direct uh, relationship with companies like Monsanto because most of their crops are are Roundup ready. Um, they and, and let me just read this. Actually, my point is is that when I started reading a lot of these statistics, the first thing I want to do is go to Cargill's website and see what they have to say mm-hmm. about it. Let's mm-hmm. look at their statistics. Let's see mm-hmm. what they're telling the world. And it says Cargill provides food, agriculture, financial, and industrial products and services the world together with farmers, as we just. Learned with the mm-hmm. Internet of Tech uh, of Things, the farmers <laughs> are being phased the fuck out. Yeah. Um, last year we had, uh, or the year before last, we had um, all the farmers in Germany. They cr- they created this huge strike oh, yeah. where they decided mm-hmm. to not farm for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and they all got in their tractors. And with their tractors, they only go twenty kilometers an hour or fifteen <laughs> miles an hour or whatever they, yeah, f- yeah, they yeah. do. They drove to the capital and parked them in the city. Yeah. Right, very similar to that whole uh, thing that happened in Canada, where all the truckers went to yeah, the capital and parked their tractors. trucks and left it there. <laughs> um, obviously, with the with the uh, tractors, it was uh, what is called a um, a licensed protest. They ha- they had a license for this protest, unlike the Canadian truckers, unfortunately. Um, but the uh, the the license to actually go and stop all the traffic and all that stuff. And their big message was. Big company is killing farming. Mm. It's killing the culture. It's killing yeah. our future. And, and it was the same, you know, it's it's just that one big message is that we people are being thrown out of our villages. We're being thrown out of our 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 our, our habitats mm. and being told that uh if we want to survive, that we got better off be better off yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, it's actually something that I experienced, you know, in my life a lot when I started studying biology and I was always very much into ecology. I was really, I didn't like people. I didn't like myself because, you know, just like from that idea that we create suffering, that we are destroying other animals and plants and our environment. But it really took me a while to realize, wait a minute, as you said, you know, we are part of nature and we are an incredible species just to realize all the different stuff that's going on within within us. And we have the power to, from a very conscious mind, create our environment the way we want. And once we understand that we are part of nature and we have that ability, we can create and use our power really to, you know, do something good, like to mm-hmm. really create something that supports all life around us. And it it was just really, it took me a lot of years and also just the meditation practice and all that to realize that we are more than just, you know, flesh. And as I yeah. always said, you know, that there is more a spirit. More than just chemistry. Yeah, more than just chemistry. There is something special there. Like there is that life energy that we share with everything around us. And once you realize that, once you experience that, you have a whole different perception of the world. And you just see that there is, I would say that there is, <laughs> it's like crying, there is cat's crying, yeah. a, um, maybe there's an interest of, of some people out there to really 
prevent people from seeing this, that they have a spirit, they have, they can connect with everything that is around us, that we have the ability to create our own life and that we have that responsibility as well. Well, it's, it's one of these weird things. And this is why, like, it's, it's not that I'm saying that it's not people's fault for all the problems we have. It's, mm -hmm. it's corporation. It's easy to say that the corporations are evil, but honestly, yeah. corporations are made up of people like you and I. Yeah. So what's going on? Mm -hmm. it, it, what I'm saying is, is that I think that the way that the corporate structure is designed in the same sense as the university mm -hmm. structure and the scholastic and the mm -hmm. governmental structure is designed, it's designed to hone in on a very specific type of person. Mm -hmm. I think that if you are yeah. more of a psychopathic True. mind, you will be accepted better in these industries. Yeah, and it's also where does a psychopathic mind comes from? It comes from, you know, you growing up in an area, an environment where probably people were not, you know, so nice to you and where you never learned that you have the ability to become the creator of your own life, that there is that life energy within you that we share with everything around us, that that inert love, love you know, that inert um, love to everything that is alive, what I was talking about in the beginning. And these people just become so miserable in the heart, in their heart, <laughs> mm -hmm. that they want to that, that the suffering they experience in their own lives, they want to put onto someone else as well. And I think from that motivation, from that anger and un unsolved traumas, these kind of things start to manifest in the world. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, I think you said it really well, is a, mm. this manifestation. I think that a lot of people don't um, believe that humans can manifest anything. Yeah. True. I think that a lot of the people who do well in large companies, um, in government, maybe even policing and all that stuff, mm -hmm. these are people who have been conditioned to think that you will be more successful if you believe that humans are not <coughs> special. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Let it all out. <laughs> it was already coming up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that licking the back of the top of your teeth, uh, the the back of your top teeth, uh, prevents you from sneezing. Oh, usually, you prevent me. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I just do the whole finger <laughs> thing up the schnoz. Uh, no, I, I I broke I broke my nose a few times, and uh, that's what the doctors told me. They say lick the lick the back of your uh, teeth, oh, okay. uh, the top teeth, um, and time. it's supposed to uh, help the nerves uh, right by your nose get stimulated so that you don't sneeze. Oh, okay. There you go. Little fun fact for the. <laughs> you just learned something else. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for any of you out there who also would like to call in, last chance, we're probably going to cut it at about two hours today. We've been talking for a fantastic one hour and one and 51 minutes. Wow, my goodness. Um, I also wanted to finish reading off of the Cargill Worldwide site because mm -hmm. the, that was only like a little blurb. Let, let's, let's, let's keep going and see what they have to say okay, sure. about their business and what they do, right? So, um, together, so, uh, you know, financial industri uh, industrial products and um, services to the world, together with farmers, customers, governments, and communities, we help to, we help people thrive by applying our insights and 150 years of experience. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, no soul to sell. And no body to incarcerate. Mm. 150 years of experience. We have 155,000 employees. I've read in other sites that it's 160 something thousand. Mm -hmm, Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Um, you know, the amount of people that they hire also as third parties who aren't on official payroll. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, just it, to, just a second. Like mm -hmm. I don't know if I missed it, but Cargill is that like an American? What is that? A chemist 
Okay, that's what oh, I'm getting okay. at. Let I'll me finish reading. We okay. have 155,000 employees in 70 countries who are committed to feeding the world in a responsible way, reducing environmental impacts and improving the communities where we live and work. Now, Cargill really started off as, as just a large farm, mm-hmm. I believe, back mm-hmm. in the day. I have to look into their history, but from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And they just became this huge agricultural monster, mm-hmm. right? Business, like, worldwide leader. And they are in every country that you could, like, I mean, 70 countries. That's a lot, like, yeah, in yeah. the Western world. They are everywhere. And they are, I have a, I have an article here that I had found. This is why I wanted to actually go to the Cargill website to see what they have to say of it. This Cargill this um, article that I found is by um, Rand.org, and this is essentially a blog. And so there's a journalist here who had written, um, this is going back 10 years ago, mm-hmm. Monsanto and Cargill, the thugs of big food. And this what art- is a thug? A thug is like, um, it's kind of like a gangster. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but like someone who's um, really intimidating and mm-hmm. and and you know uh, trying to always steal from you like or intimidate you into kind of. no not uh. nece- a thug isn't necessarily a thief a thug is somebody is like muscles like a like a bouncer okay. uh, but not not in that context I mean a thug is is more like somebody who is using intimidation to um, make you change your mind okay you know that's a mm-hmm. big thing that thugs tend to do okay right mm-hmm. uh, but. Thievery and all that stuff goes hand in hand mm. with thuggery mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and the idea that that he puts forth here is um, how, like, I mean, 2012, talking about biotechnology and uh, the way that they schmooze with all the governments of the world <laughs> and, uh, d- you know, yeah, shake hands behind the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, you know, they created Agent Orange, which was used in war and ha- and is responsible for half a million deaths. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these are only the deaths that we can directly, you know, mm-hmm. look at. Mm-hmm. That, that's not including um, the ecological disasters. Um, who's responsible for it? Is it, yeah. is it? is it the army for distributing it? Is it the company for making it? Is it, you know, this is one of these things. So, um, the, and then you have all the war veterans who were ill from yeah. Agent Orange and they were told the stuff was safe. Yeah, yeah. Right. They were told that this is going to help you. This yeah. is going to get rid of they all the mosquitoes. It's going to get rid of, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get rid of all the little bugs and, and, yeah. and your, and your lice and all that stuff. And, um, so all the, the 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 war veterans who were administering this stuff that they were told was safe have have complications and they're not being compensated mm-hmm. for it. So there are all these lawsuits and class action mm-hmm. lawsuits mm-hmm. against Monsanto. So uh, this is the big thing is that so now he's talking about um, how the collusion between Monsanto and Cargill together, you know, creates this thuggery on on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And now, as okay. we know, Monsanto is now owned by. Bayer mm. and Monsanto being a, a petrochemical company and Bayer being a, a pharmaceutical company, essentially in its origins. Mm-hmm. And as you can see on um, Cargill's website, that last sentence is the one that's actually the most disturbing to me, the mm-hmm. last part of the last sentence. Um, you know, feeding the world in a responsible way, reducing environmental impacts and or impact and improving the communities where we live and work. I mean, this is a sentence just pulled out of some bullshit notebook, right? Like <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah, yeah, It really is meaningless when you're looking at all of these pictures and you see this kind of stuff and people are glorifying this and saying, this is a feat of technology and humanity. And that like, look at this, this is the, co- this is the Netherlands. Mm. Right. And, and, and my big question, like, 
what what happened to the life? Not not, not even just the people. Yeah. What happened to the life that was there? Well, yeah. And and who's responsible for that? Yeah. And and my big I say take home message for today. So now we're getting into the whole take home message. <laughs> I'd like to put mine for, uh, forth yeah, right sure. now, and that is, um, as I mentioned before, to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, co corporations are doing these horrible things all over the planet. There's a lot of collusion with big mm. business and government and countries and all this. It, it's it, with with one another. This is why they're constantly being fined by antitrust with antitrust um, um, uh, penalties. Antitrust is uh, something that was created by um, I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a it's a concept that when businesses um, gang up. Behind mm -hmm. the scene to fix prizes mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. to um, fix the way that the import industry works in order to affect local business in a negative way. That's that's mm -hmm. that's what we call antitrust. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't believe the amount of fines that have been issued uh, over the last 20, 30, 40 years uh, to a lot of these large companies, specifically the agricultural companies yeah, yeah. who are colluding. Um, with other companies, as as you now see, you know, like the petrochemical and the biotech and the agricultural and the satellites. So we're now talking about space. So now we're talking about military and we're talking yeah. about government and prop. It, it 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 all starts to become one big thing, right? It's very easy to say the corporation is responsible. They're evil because they're psychopaths, right? Mm. But we we make up the people in the corporation, mm -hmm. and if you are not one of the people in the corporation, then understand that at least the decisions that we make from a day-to-day -day yep. perspective, like within our daily lives, we can choose when we want to feed ourselves if our energy is going to feed that machine. Yep. We can choose, even if it's not easy, and I know it's not easy, for a lot of people who live in areas where they don't have that possibility, they don't have a garden, they don't have a lot of food sources to choose from. Mm, they yeah. they have five grocery stores and all the grocery stores get uh, get their products from the same distributor, yeah, right? Yeah. They, they they go to the restaurants and the restaurants get all of their products from the same distributors. And then you start to ask yourself, what do I do? Well, mm. you know, Madeline had a problem with Frankfurt and her decision was to leave that city. <laughs> I had a problem living in Berlin. I had a problem living in Toronto. So I left. And more and more, I'm starting to see that uh, the place that I'm looking for may not be here and it's mm. and it's you know what i mean it's it's okay to know that that you don't sometimes it's not easy you know you're not going to sacrifice yourself for uh, for um trying to strike against these people like hunger yeah. strike yeah. right your life will be in vain the point that i'm getting at is that the acknowledgement that every step you take could be into that direction of something mm -hmm. better for your own autonomy better for your own sovereignty, yeah. better uh, for your connection to reality. If you build that connection to reality, as I have felt in my life, the more I build a, collection, a connection to reality in my life, mm. the better things get. Yeah, right? true. That's, so that's my take-home message is build a connection to <laughs> reality. Yeah. And um, like like in the, in the Buddhist uh, tradition, you know, Everything is suffering and you get to choose how much suffering you want to input, but you will inevitably input suffering, mm. right? And, and and now that we're in the situation where we have so much out of our control and we have very little sovereignty, yeah, uh, don't shame ourselves for being born into this, right? Mm. And that's a big thing. We're born into this society. Mm -hmm. We're born into this. Acknowledging that things are wrong is the first step and, and, and being able to say, you know what? Maybe the life I would like to imagine 
yeah. is something very different. Yeah. And with every step that you take and every breath you take till the end of your life, build that connection to reality. And I find that the rest follows in the form of synchronicity driven by intuition. There <laughs> yeah, you go. That's true. You, you, you take it home now, Maddie. I take it home now. You're always <laughs> there. Almost there. I don't know what else to say. You said that really well. And there's not so much left for me to add. But yeah, so maybe with also with the intention, you know, what is the intention that you have from the day-to-day -day basis? What is it that you want to bring into the world? And I think we can always start at, with our lives. Something that I say over and over in my own podcast and my books, <laughs> that it starts with each and every one of us in, as a single individual. You know, once you create a life that you enjoy, where you're happy with, this energy will spread and it will affect your surroundings and it will... Um, potentiate and <laughs> mm -hmm. up so the, the best thing you can do is first of all take care of yourself and live a happy life look what is needed for you to be happy and to live a fulfilled life whether that means that you you know go out and and find a place somewhere in nature where you can feel more connected or just really get rid of all the stuff in your life that doesn't make you happy anymore and that that doesn't serve your yeah. you and the you know the way you want to express yourself and i heard that really well today in one of my i always listen to send masters when i draw and <laughs> so and sundays and why and are he, you drawing Right now? Explain. Oh, I'm drawing the illustrations for my second book. So today I drew a plant. <laughs> and and an so I'm aunt. almost almost there. And uh, an ant as well, yeah. And it always relaxes me a lot. And then just listening to these insightful, you know, talks. And so he said, what is the meaning of life? It's not that you achieve something or find the meaning. The meaning is just like with with the you you have the like a rosebud you know it's it's close but once you tap into reality and once you realize who you really are you start like blooming and this is the purpose nothing else it's just the purpose of that flower to bloom and you don't need to achieve anything this is just the purpose and so i would say in order to for you to bloom figure out what you need you know what is it that really gives you energy that makes you happy that where you feel you are alive and whether it's making music or drawing or <laughs> podcasting whatever it is find the stuff that you are meant to be here and what is it that you can bring into the world and i think with that you're on a good way the rest will follow as you said very beautiful thank you there we go. So everybody out there, we are coming to an end. Yeah. Last chance to join Smart Home Stupid Chat and ask a question and ask me to call you and uh, bring you into the show live. So for all of you guys out there on all the various platforms listening in, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and or, <laughs> you know, Podbean even. Podbean. Uh, all of you guys in Podbean, if there are any questions that anybody has as well. I just the saw chance. it from here. There was a lot of things going on there. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's always stuff going on there's in the background always stuff here. It's nice. Going on. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm learning to multitask and I, do all this together. No, it's, it's okay. It's too it, far away from here. <laughs> I'm turning almost 40. Here we have so. another question. <laughs> Great message. Uh, because Thank if you. we don't acknowledge the, uh, uh, the reality, you'd be living in a delusional fantasy world. Doing this can trigger mental illness. I, I know what the mental illness is. It's a, it's, it's a really difficult thing because I find. This is a weird example, but um, all the lights and the the, the, mm -hmm. the the aggressive lights, for example, in my office or in a, a lot of the office buildings that I tend to work in, the the constant 
um, frequencies that are just everywhere, the, mm. the, the, the Wi-Fi's that are everywhere, uh, the RF frequencies that are just everywhere. It's, it's, it's so much being in the city now, yeah. you know? If you live anywhere close to an embassy, they're going to have scramblers on the roof, which are just blasting frequencies everywhere. Yeah. And our bodies are just in this constant state of, of, of like all the cells in our body feel it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And this is why I say I become EMF sensitive because I, in our house, we turn everything off. We don't have mm -hmm. anything on that we don't want and don't need. And for me, a lot of that comes from not wanting that constant exposure. And yeah, now yeah, I yeah. feel it when I go into the city, I feel the yeah. energy. I feel the energy in the buildings. And when I leave it, it's an immediate, like when we were in the hospital, you feel it. <laughs> It's, it's, Man. it's, and it's not just the bad energy, uh, maybe given off by the people. It's uh, like, it's I think the electrical stuff, the, yeah, the electric, the electricity, yeah. the dirty AC, the lights, all yeah. that stuff. I always feel when I'm from, come from my office at home here, it's like, I'm out there in space, like headache, huge, right? all that. And, uh, so a couple people I've spoken to in the past and I've, and I've shared this with them. They say, oh, that's bullshit. Mm. I've been, I've been living with this stuff for years and I don't have any issues. Yeah. And the first thing I'll tell them is, yeah, but you'll never meet the person that you could have been. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice way to say it. That's true. If you right. don't know how it feels like because you've always been in that that's right. environment, you know, how would you... That's right. And and that's the point of the mental illness is that we could be mentally ill because yeah. we'll, we'll never get that chance to meet the person that we could have been mm. without this illness. Mm -hmm. And that and that to me is 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 a kind of a... It's it's a bit of a profound way of looking at that, I mm -hmm. find for me anyway, mm -hmm. because I, I know that I'm not in control. Mm. I know that I'm exposed to all this stuff all the time. Yeah. And I'm trying to uh, at least take as much control over my own life and, yeah, and be yeah. sovereign in my own realm, right? This is actually also maybe from a shamanic point of view, what a mental illness is, is basically that, you know, you have like holes in your energy system and these holes are filled up with entities that are actually not belonging to you. As we started talking about entities, these can be energies that are specifically kind of made to, you know, fill in these gaps mm. and to control you and, and let you do stuff that you actually don't want to, which sounds scary one thing, but also it's, it's I would say it's not that bad as it sounds like because it's always a sign for you that there are parts of you missing mm -hmm. that you can get back once you acknowledge it first of all that you might have a mental illness going on that something yep. is not right here and yep. also then try to figure it out you know what is it that is missing in my life that i can bring back onto the surface mm -hmm. like an old part of me there's a there's a scary story that i heard a while back and i think it was in cuba and this was only a couple of years ago um and this this, this is, i've also heard this story uh in russia and in, in other parts of the world as well as well um in in some of the embassies mm -hmm. um i've even heard this from even companies. Uh, there is something that is called um, anti-crowd uh, technology. Mm -hmm. And what it is, it's a type of uh, crowd diffusion technology. Mm, oh yeah. And so what it is, is essentially it looks like a, a gun, but in the front of the gun, you have a, a mini satellite dish mm -hmm. that points at an area. Mm -hmm. So when people are rioting, you can point this at them and then they all start to feel a bit queasy and they disperse. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. so you have people on exactly. the buildings just pointing the shit at the crowd. And I know this because in Canada, when yep. this stuff was tested on the Canadian people without their acknowledgement, because the Canadian government decided that it's not a weapon because it's uh, it's just RF, mm. um, there were miscarriages at the protests yeah. happening back in 2002. I remember when that was happening during the um, protests for um, like the G20 and, and, and mm -hmm, the G8 mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Well. And, um, and it was, and it, it, you know, it's one of these things that got swept under the rug. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people were arrested and, and round up into a temporary internment camp for a, for a couple of days and had to pay a, a fine to get out. Um, it's it's scary stuff. But what I'm getting at is that 
recently, like a couple of years ago, I can't remember the story exactly, but this happened in Cuba where the, the, the Cuban government was blasting anti, was blasting crowd diffusion technology at some of the embassy buildings mm. so that you'd get these diplomats flying in, getting sick and leaving and not being able to do their job. <laughs> And I've heard the same story in 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 Russia, yeah, in, yeah. in in, uh, in other countries. I anyway it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm. The point is, is that that the the fact that you can take technology like that, yeah, and 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 the the um, exposure to certain frequencies will make you physically ill. Yeah, that's when you have yeah. when you are living in a soup of frequencies. What are the effects? Mm. Who's who? Who 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 could even pretend to know? Yeah, yeah, right. And mm. so again, back to that uh, that that last comment and the the the, the last uh, part of our um, discussion is uh, we don't know the type of people that we could be with the mm. absence of this stuff. And I think that that's an amazing thing to even try and think of. What yeah. type of people would we would would we be yeah. if if Big agriculture and biotech and and uh, a big agrochemical um, was dismantled tomorrow, and it was just gone. Yeah, you know, and we had to go back to actually making food for ourselves in our areas. You know, mm. a lot of the companies, uh, South Africa and Canada, you get Asian companies coming in, buying up huge pieces of land, doing farming the way that they see fit, and exporting mm. all the food from the farms to other parts of the world yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and, and and it's 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 to me it's so shameful in the sense that it's bottom line like i mean it's all just uh, ones and zeros and dollars moving around in order to generate a profit regardless as to where the damage is you know yeah so there we go i didn't want to end on such a low note you had a beautiful message that you had <laughs> that you had uh before maybe, this maybe comment came I, in and we, i can yeah, end yeah, it bring up the energy <laughs> bring, bring it back up to uh, where we were yeah and, uh, and let's lead this way out yeah so from my own experience i really know how it feels like when you think you know you are a specific person and then something happens in your life and you change that with me it was the the eating and going all in i always felt you know dizzy and a little crappy and had not a regular period and all that My head was always in the cloud. I was like a little grumpy, mm -hmm. grumpy cat. <laughs> no sex drive, nothing like that. And then yeah, libido I started, was gone. I started eating proper, and I turned into you know <laughs> a very happy, healthy woman. Um, I gained a lot of weight in the beginning. It was harsh for me, but now it kind of stable itself out. And it took me a while, but I just realized the difference. What that. What it does to you when you are not proper nourished, and it's just one aspect of your life, right? Mm -hmm. So, and to end on a good note, it's never too late to realize these things and start changing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, for all of you guys seeing the video, Maddie's going to be 40 in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> Look and at me. I'm looking. I'm sitting here with a blanket like an old lady. Exactly. But I think she looks fantastic for Thank someone you. who's yeah, 39 I, about to be 40. And I never felt better, to be honest. I like really once I started my journey becoming healthy, doing my meditations and and just living my life and doing the stuff that I want. So many things came into my life with the book writing, with the drawings, you yeah, know, living I'm, here with the cats and, and all that is just amazing. And That's I right. appreciate every moment of it. And also when I see some things are not quite there yet where I want to have them, you are thankful for what you already have and you don't live your life from a lack of something, but just from a, from, from a, um, say that, um, Fülle, 
like a like a, a yeah a filler like a filler we say filler. yeah like that just so much already there and you don't need to achieve anything to become perfect it's just you are here to experience all that as already being an amazing creature just as everything around you yeah there we go yeah so <laughs> i hope that this show has inspired you guys yeah. and i hope that it hasn't just been a bunch of doom and gloom um i think it's important to be able to acknowledge the doom and gloom yeah because it's there and, and and only by acknowledging it do we have the ability to live a life without it, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think that if you don't acknowledge it, you invite it's inevitably making its way into your life without your con without your knowledge of it. And you, also you know? acting you on this, because as you see that in a big you know on a big level with farmers and and um, all these. Um, uh, sorry, I'm I'm tired of like, losing my words. Um, yeah, these big farmers, you also have these shadows on an individual level. Every one of us has rage within him, has demons up there. And, you know, especially in that spiritual area with all these uh, people who are always living in the light, <laughs> they don't acknowledge these dark parts. But just look into nature. There is, there is violence, there is um, death and killing. It's part of it. And to realize and to acknowledge these parts within you as well, the the rage that you we might some sometimes feel, it's an important part of us. And yeah. it really depends on you how you want to use this energy, whether for something good or for something bad. And I, I think we can really guide these energies that are hidden sometimes in our dark areas and our shadows to really look at them. And then you can use that energy to create something that you really want to create. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, exactly. I don't think that we're going to get rid of any of these big bad things anytime soon. Yeah. But I think as individuals, we can choose that we don't want them in our lives and we don't need them. Yeah. So there we go. And acknowledge our own power. parts and power as well and really Absolutely. integrate everything that we have, accept everything that is within you. Yep. Although there are sometimes parts you don't like because Absolutely. they're not fitting into the you know main picture. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I find uh, instead of trying to tell people what to do. Yeah try to fix yourself and lead by example. And yeah. maybe someone will see it. And if they see it and like it, then maybe they'll try to apply it to themselves. Yeah. All right. So that's that's kind of my philosophy on that level. Um, you know, having a podcast, a video cast like this is also a great way to be able to actually like, just wanted to say the and, same and, thing though. <laughs> and, yeah. To talk yeah. And, 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 and express our, our yeah. ideas with other people and, and to see what they have to say and what they have to think about it as well. So any of you guys out there have anything left to say? Now's the time we are coming to an end. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful message. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> and, um, I have to go to bed now because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so say the almost 40 year old person. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you feel like in, 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 in another 20 years you know uh, you, you'll say i never felt younger yeah with me every year is just really getting better and i think this is how it's supposed to be we always hear like you know with age we get sick and everything is worse that's in uh, if you believe that then it will be hap it will happen like that but if you leave believe that you can um, make your life better every day then this will happen yeah there we go yeah all right to all of you guys out there this has been a great episode of smart yeah, and stupid people nice Thank you for calling and yeah. uh, chatting with us and being thank you part for of it. Yeah, thank you to everybody who uh, yeah. who was in the chat, who was in the the, the Smart Home Stupid Chat on Telegram, um, on any of the other platforms that have taken part in the show. And uh, <laughs> we encourage you to continue to do so. So yeah. we are live always Wednesdays and Sundays, Wednesday, 8 p.m. our time and Sunday, 6 p.m. our time. So that's about noon Eastern Standard. Yeah. And... Uh, 
There we go. <laughs> Jonas has uh, has just given us a nice little arms up. Thanks. And uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, I think that we have a lot of positive potential to be able to, to connect using technologies like this, even mm. though I think that a lot of these technologies can become very negative influences over our lives. I think it's very important to be able to take a break yeah. from this stuff and to use them as, as what they were originally designed to be, mm. tools, mm. tools to benefit our lives. Yeah. Right. Again, it's a question about intention or what you want to use it and stuff. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay. So we will be live Wednesday next uh, upcoming. We don't know what episode, uh, what we're going to do. It's <laughs> always pretty spontaneous. And if you guys have any ideas as to what we should talk about yeah. <clears throat> and uh, would like to be a part of the show, you can always call in and join, as I mentioned, the Smart Home Stupid Chat. There you'll be able to put forth ideas, ask us questions between shows and suggest show ideas. Yeah. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> You'll have a lovely weekend. Yeah, have a good time and uh, see you Wednesday. See you guys Wednesday. Bye bye. bye. bye.